So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. Right, and this is season two, episode four of BS Beats and Bailey. Yeah. This week was the release of Kanye West Lisa's album, um, The Life of Pablo, I believe it's called. Yeah, it is. And what makes it even more weird and kind of funny, but it's, it's, it's really Kanye. Yes. It's really something Kanye about him. Right. Is that he changed the, the title Name, about yeah. a few days before the official, well, sorry, before the official release, which was supposed to be on Friday. Yeah. But then, and I'll get to that later, some little mishap took place and then, well, finally we got it early this morning as in Valentine's Day morning, which is when, we're, which is the time that we're actually recording this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. This is, um, well, for, for us men, it's called Valentine's Day because there's no V in our life right now. Oh, yeah. for girls, think about it, guys. Yeah, think for, about it. For girls Read between si- the lines. Yeah, uh-huh. for girls who signal Valentine's A, because they have no D in their life right now. Ah. <laughs> so as you run a joke. Yeah, and it's, it's the end of the world according to Ghostbusters, too, if you see that joke of yeah. time on Facebook. Um, no, yeah. but really, today is just a normal, normal yeah, day cool for, for, me. for us. Yeah, cool, yeah, cool, cool day for me. Uh, yeah, we. so this episode, we, Matthew's going to be covering Life, yeah, of, Life pa- of Pablo, Life which of Pablo. I actually listened to a few hours before we, right. we met up to do this right, recording. Right, so a early little thing. Although, you know, the, there's a famous um, interview with Jeezy, so you know, you can't... You know, in the first 24 hours, no way you could review an album properly. Uh-huh. Um, that is when people was giving them shit about... Um, um, Holy Grail now. Oh, okay. okay yeah, okay, at the yeah. time. Um, he, was, he was kind of pissed off about that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, um, and they actually have a few reviews of of this album. Already. Like, Pablo, outright now. Yeah. Not yeah. professional stuff, but just yeah, like, early, yeah, yeah, early and stuff. And this is what we talked about. Yeah, no, because for me, I think it's a little disingenuous to just dismiss an early review. For me, an album kind of have to be fire early for you to jump on it. Like, it's have some albums that was like that for me. It mm-hmm. was like, a, um, classic example is The First Blueprint. Ah, yes, right. yes, yes. First classic, classic. The first blueprint for me, um, when I, you first hear it, it's like, wait now, this track hard one time now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't no, oh, well, I need to listen to it and I had to think about it. No. Track, you listen to it, it's sounding good first few seconds of the track and it pull in one time. Yeah. So I, to me, that's a big factor in terms of judging, in my opinion, judging music. So I don't, I don't, I, it's hard pressed for me to just up and dismiss something. Um, you know, dismiss a review simply because the person said, well, he just had less than 24 hours to listen to it. Oh, yeah, no, it more doesn't make time. sense. It's, it's out for the world. Yeah, so exactly. Yes, it's out for the world to, uh, for whoever wants to consume right. it to and then, consume. And then, and and then to, to, defend, to defend artists who just put out material. Um, at the same time, yeah, it is also quite disingenuous to say, well, the album is complete shit if you don't like it immediately. You know, how yeah. people like that. Oh, it's, this album's trash and it's a waste of time and, you know, yeah. Yeah, at the age of the internet kind of poison a lot of that discussion in many ways. Um, yeah, same thing with movies too. Like, right. you know, the moment they see a movie and right. they, they, they hate it, they just go online and right. just say, you know, they hate it, they hate it. Yeah. But, all right, unless it's like a seriously bad film or a seriously bad album, you really right. have to give yourself some time to really yeah, figure out exactly. why and, you know, what could have been done to fix it we're gonna or talk what could have yeah, been done. We're gonna, you know, we have like, some movies that we're going to talk about. That. So this, yeah. this uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of comedies. Uh, as well after well not life of blah blah I, don't, I hope that's not a comedy uh, uh no yeah okay <laughs> um we also well we're gonna be talking about i'm gonna talk about uh straight to dvd movie well straight to blu-ray movie called space cup mm-hmm. by the people at red letter media yeah, very, very popular the youtube channel check right, it out guys right very funny mm-hmm. yeah um then we're gonna talk about i'm gonna talk about also hail caesar hail caesar latest film from the cohen, the cohen brothers, brothers joel and, and eaton yes very cohen. very very funny movie uh 
Although uh, although a lot of people were kind of like divided by it because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk no I'm gonna I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk about it yeah, yeah I'm gonna talk about why what the problems of the film is but we're gonna talk about it then yeah. um, talk, also also um the the latest trailer we have to talk yes. about that latest, latest trailer latest, the final trailer I should for, say for Batman for v Batman Superman. v Superman yes. yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that uh we want to talk about Kung Fu Panda three yes uh, and we'll talk of about course that. the film that. I um yeah. I expect a lot of people yes. actually took in yeah. well By Valentine's Day weekend yeah Deadpool. this weekend yeah and yeah. very really hyped for this film this is uh, a big start for the comic book films of the year yeah um, yeah yeah and the one start of the movies really will, strong I would yeah. say is. yeah. yeah. One of the movies we will not be reviewing is Zoolander 2. I hear that's complete bullshit. And yeah, I, I heard time. it too. I, I think it's just because, and like, like how Anchorman 2 was. Yeah. It just came out but it, too I hear, much. I heard much, much worse than what Anchorman 2. Because Anchorman 2 was still defensible as a comedy. Like, I right. hear this but is because like, of the humor, the way how the humor Right, it wasn't so bad, yeah. Of, exactly. Yeah. In many ways, Anchorman 2 have that kind of timeless way of, of that timeless absurdity. Mm-hmm. This one, I hear, I hear, I hear Zoolander 2. So we're not gonna be, I, know, I didn't see it. I'm not going to see it. I'm not, pro- not me. I'm not not probably going to watch this like two years from now on HBO or some bullshit like that and be like oh this exists and this was real bullshit now well here's the thing I, 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 I probably might watch it when because I actually forgot about Anchorman 2 until Zoolander yeah. 2 came out and the reviews came out I was right. like oh right that's kind of like how Anchorman 2 is yeah. came out a little too late yeah. you know and you know it had a bunch of comedies in the, in the early 2000s that really don't deserve like, I, like stuff like Kong Pao yeah don't need a part two do you want to have a sequel for it yeah. why exactly yeah. no? again I love the first films and all of these films the first version like I love Zulana 1 it was yeah, a product it's, it's, of it's, granted, it's safely see as a yeah. cult classic right Grant, yeah. granted it's a total product of its time but mm-hmm. it was a film that um, I really liked that was genuinely funny you know Ben's it was, it was dumb humor but it totally was dumb humor well. but it worked yeah, yeah. Um, Anchorman 2 for me is a true comedy classic um, you mean Anchorman 1 sorry yeah Anchorman 1 yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah Anchorman that, 1 that sort of true really comedy classic absurd humor right it totally worked yeah um Stuff like Kung Pao, I thought was brilliant for its time. Um, it was no. Here's the thing: it was like as a as a kung fu enthusiast. Yeah. It was ridiculously stupid, but yeah. because of how they approach it, because of just this ball to the wall approach it, you know they they weren't being serious about it. They yeah. kind of bought into it, although yeah. there was some ridiculously weird stuff in it, like you know the chick with the one breast and yeah, the yeah. skills going wee wee. Yeah, yeah. Just totally dumb, but yeah. How they handled yeah, it was yeah. just fun, you know. And anyway, they made fun of a bunch of like great, like the bad dubbing lines. And, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the whole thing was, know, was 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 dubbed poorly. The, the, the song, the song not matching up, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And then, well, a movie that I I liked at the time. Um. I, again, it was perfect for me as a kid. But now I'm sure it wouldn't live up. Is something like um Puritan. Oh God. If they ever make but a Puritan, nobody wants to see exactly. If they ever make a Puritan too, that'll be like the most retarded thing ever. It's humor don't work like that, and it just and we're gonna talk about current humor and the state of current humor versus old yeah. humor. Um, um, speaking of which, there's actually going to be a barbershop tree coming right. out um, in March. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I guess Ice Cube needs to make movies. Yeah. Still waiting for that Friday sequel, you know. I heard that coming too. Chris Tucker. I don't, still waiting. Still whatever. waiting. Whatever. But anyway, yeah. All right. So, just we'll start with Life of Pablo. Um, yeah, the Life of Pablo. Yeah. You can see what... Um, everybody started making a bunch of parties already. Uh, for it, the way how the, all the text is on the album and yeah, the yeah, picture yeah. the so a bunch of people make the life of blah blah blah. There are a bunch of parties yeah. on um, there. was a generator for it, apparently, right? Yes. Yeah, they could make your own, yeah. um, but I didn't see the link to actually do something like that. Right. I would have done something like that and just made it my Facebook profile right, yeah. or something like yeah. that. So, what, what do you think the life of Pablo is? Uh, all right, something? well, yeah. first off, it's the um, seventh studio album from Kanye West. All right, okay. Last one he did in 2013 was um, Jesus, which divided yeah. a lot of critics and fans, myself right. included. Right. I remember the time I just appreciated that he was just decided to be experimental. Yeah. Um, he have he have the more than the enough you know resources and time to do this. Mm-hmm. 
And he, he, he did um, try it before, of course, with right. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy back right. in 2010. Right. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, it was just appreciated album. So this one, um, so give me a rundown of what you think about this one. A lot of people, what I heard about this one is that it's a hodgepodge of his career. Some people say yeah. that it's like an amalgam of all of his music up until this point. You know, um, um, pretty much every track kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. more or less, more or right. less, more or less. All right, but this uh, this uh, this a uh, rundown. This a little well, this is a really weird history of how this this album became to be. Yeah. Well, first off, he he started working it uh, well a year or so back, and it was the the original title was supposed to be "So Help Me God." Right. Um, it was supposed to be released in late 2013. Well, it was supposed to come out late 2013, early 2014, but then it got pushed back. Then he started to collaborate with Paul McCartney. Right. So he brought mm-hmm. out you know that song um, "45 Seconds." Yeah. Then he brought out a really great track "All Day." I know we were just getting little bits and pieces of, you know, what this album could have been or could be, you know, but we were still waiting. We were still waiting. You know, it's 2015. We got a really decent track, which actually made it to the album called Real Friends. I'll talk about that later. And at the end of that track, which he released online, there was a snippet of a song called No More Parties in L.A. Okay. The first verse was from Kendrick Lamar. Right. So you only heard like probably a few lines from him and you know the internet just went crazy. Right. And then about a month or so later the full track for that came out and people, you know, internet just went ape shit. Mm-hmm. It's like holy shit, you know, Kanye and Kendrick on the same fucking track. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, making nuts. And it was a great track, it mm-hmm. is. And yeah, we were still waiting for it to come out and then on New Year's Eve we got a track called Facts, mm-hmm. which divided critics and fans once again because it was just him basically just bragging over the and oh yeah this actually well made it onto the album right. well, a remix of it more or less just right. the beat was changed but the lyrics stayed the same right. and it's just really about him just bragging about his shoes Jesus easy right. sorry right. selling more than the Jumpman which is the, the new term for Nikes more or yeah. less yeah. yeah and it was just him bragging 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 it's just really dumb and ridiculous but yeah and yeah we were supposed to and we were still waiting we were still waiting the album was supposed to be called Swish. You right. had a picture of, of Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. in the cover. And then later on, we, we learned that he changed the title from Swish to Waves. Right. All this was being followed. Yeah. And then about a week before the release, literally, guys, a week before the release of the album, he decided to change the title once again to The Life of Pablo. And we were like, yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but right. who's Pablo? Who's right. Life? What are you right. talking about here? We were like, all right, fine, we get the album, we still waiting. Okay. So he debut so he the official debut of the album was last week, Tuesday, um, at Madison Square Garden. He had a lot of guests, a lot of people there. He had a, his latest fashion line and right. he also showed the trailer for a game that he yeah, was doing. I heard about only one. Yeah, it's something about the mother going to Yeah, it was really I heard the plot the plot of the weird. game. Yeah, yeah, the, the plot of the game is about his mother. Your mother's passed. Um, yeah, passed right. past years ago. Right. And he there's something about basically her sent to heaven or something like that. Yeah. Now, so the is, trailer is kinda of like with her flying to heaven and you right. see like, you know, a, a, a winged horse right. going up to heaven and so Right, it's sweet, but they seem as kind of like yeah. you know WTF. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. Um, he, he what he is capitalizing on is I think you know we have a lot of um really small independent video games coming out nowadays. People have these really small low graphics, low res stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just really creative. You know, something like um you know games like something on the par, on par with games like The Witness or um something like um Gone Home. Right. You know, this, you know where it's real, real small, but they they um or that dragon cancer. You know where it's it's all about a message and material rather than the and some big big triple A block blockbuster budget 
you know, video game now. Yeah. So he, he, it's basically him basically making an indie game. And indie games are very popular right now. Yeah. So actually, again, I appreciate the man in that sense. He's actually pulling off, pulling off his stuff. He's getting stuff done. Yeah, you know, I mean, so, I don't blame the man for actually trying new things, yeah, you know. That's I mean, interesting. You have to do that. That's actually know, quite fascinating. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, even, you know, regardless of what I may personally think about the game, you know, props to him for actually right. doing something. I can see myself playing it and, you know, reviewing it. Uh, that might come in, in the fire episode. Yeah, although when was the last time you ever heard you ever heard of a rapper actually making a game? I think there was the Def Jam Vendetta from Shaq. years ago. Shaq Fu. It was Shaq Fu, there Shaq was the yeah. Wu-Tang. No, no, going. but those, are, those don't count as like a game. Is like hit Because from what I understand, I don't think he sit down and actually program the game or anything like that. But, mm. you know, it's quite possible that he just, all the creative effort and force went into that, what he wanted to see, yeah. what he wanted to do. Um, again, he's still, you know, even though he's much older than the average millennial, mm-hmm. um, he still <clears throat> he fits the millennial sensibilities reasonably well. Yeah, yeah he Reasonably. Anyway. Right, so the day after the day after the, the album launch teaser, more or less, at Madison Square, <laughs> he told everybody on Twitter that he was going to release the album on Friday, and we were all waiting for this thing to come out. Right. And then Friday night, he tweets and says that, um, no, it's not going to be out on Friday because um, uh, you're familiar with Chansey Rapper, right? Yeah. Yeah, brought out a fantastic mixy back in 2013 called Acid Rap. Yeah. Yeah, one of the, the biggest names in, in rap music right now. Um, oh, yes, and he's also a father right now, so congrats to him. Yeah. So he was working on a particular song called, ironically enough, Waves. Right. And okay. he insisted that this song make it to the album because originally it wasn't there during the album launch. Right. So he was fighting about it and, he was, and Kanye was like, all right, all right, all right, we'll have to push it back because, you know... Um, because Chance in- insisted on it. And uh, funny enough, um, there was this moment where he actually released like the, the album cover, the same generator thing that we just mentioned about yeah. you know the life of Pablo. Right. And he just wrote, blame Chance, and just put it out. As in, blame Chance the rapper for, for, for us not getting this album on time because yeah, he wanted this one song to be there. Yeah, and I'll talk about that one song weaves in, in a few minutes. Right? Right. So we were still waiting, we were still waiting. Kanye was saying that it was still being mixed and being mastered and whatnot. So Sunday morning, as in Valentine's Day morning, early, early in the morning, like after one. So yeah. it was supposed, it, it was it was about to come out on his website, KanyeWest.com. Yeah. But unfortunately, the site crashed. Oh, wow. So, so wait, are those people waiting for it because of that? That is what, that what caused it to crash? Because usually stuff, and you have, you have big demand stuff like that. Yeah. You know, well, your stuff will crash. I don't know. Well, um, oh yes, I forgot to mention too, the day before, the Saturday, he, he brought out another track which also made it to, to this album called 30 Hours. Right. So, you know, it was just really about just keeping people's hopes up, keeping them a little, you know, a little yeah. entertained until it came out, yeah. until the album finally came out. So yeah, so back to us saying, right, so the album, sorry, so the, the website crashed, but it was supposed to come out on um, Tidal. So you could actually stream the right, album yeah, I remember, on time. I remember how it right. And well, people, you know, you know, a lot of people very, 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 very divided on title. I yeah. personally hate title, the idea of it. It's actually too cloistered. What do you mean paying for yeah. exclusive music? Right, yeah. Too, it's too exclusive. That's a big problem, I think. I mean, I granted, I understand why, why, it, is, why it exists. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I could see title completely failing, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I it's not. I have so many, so many artists who so care about this music. Unless you could already like control all of the big artist music, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a problem. Anyway. Yeah. And then again, you. What yeah. if you get mediocre music? It's gonna be pain to get. That's oh, well, it's mediocre music from Rihanna, but yeah, don't, you don't have to care if it's uh, mediocre as long as it's from Rihanna, right? That's so, the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. And these artists have no guarantee that they'll stay popular even five years from now. Exactly. You know? They're big right now. 
yeah. but that could change. And it have a lot of like a lot of people who are into artists and music, you know, they look for small artists mm-hmm. who are not going to be on title. I mean, now what I heard, I heard some interesting news. Well, we can talk about this later. It's like digression that a lot of the so-called relatively cheap, you know, um, ways to get get exposed that's starting to get cut down right now. A lot of shenanigans going on in YouTube. Um, oh really? Yeah, and especially with, you see what happened when you find brothers the other day. Why, why you know people get into tro- why they get into so much trouble the other day with, because we, that was a lot of you know shenanigans going right, on with right, internet right. business and then SoundCloud, SoundCloud uh. it's quite possible SoundCloud um SoundCloud is might like close down so you know SoundCloud oh is making because not it losing a lot of money I think it lost forty four million dollars last year or something like that uh, yeah. if I remember I don't know if I read that article right but from what I understand it's quite possible that SoundCloud could get closed down. That's mm-hmm. a big avenue for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot uh, of indie right. underground and, and, and think so, so people, and of course podcasts. Right, people yeah. people losing options, um, and that could be a whole thing. I mean, so yeah. we, we are getting to. But yeah, that anyway. sucks, though. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, right. So, oh yeah, and if you actually check um, his website, well, I don't know if he's gonna fix it by the time you actually listen to this video here, yeah. to this podcast here. Sorry, um, you will get this this um, voice message that um, Yasin B formerly known as Most Def, okay, yeah. um, put out about a few weeks ago, um, stating that, and I don't know if you know about this, guys, but this is the actual truth. He actually says that he is retiring from rap. He's done with it. He's done with the pain. He's done with the pressure. Okay. And this is all from, you know, the incident with him in South Africa and then, you know, his visa yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's just really fueled by that. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to be release one more album this year and that's it for me. Hmm. So... That sucks. Yeah. So we're losing him, and apparently we're going to lose Lupe Fiasco because uh, he also said that he's going to release three albums this year, and then that's it because, you know, he's just getting older, he's getting tired of it, yeah. the game. So yeah, the game is, is, is really that real, guys. But yeah, yeah so to end things off, the, to end the, the preamble here, so finally the album was available online on, on um, Tidal, and fortunately I got the chance to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Listen to all the tracks actually before coming here. Some of them I were familiar with from the from the um, right. from the Tuesday night thing, right? And just a few more that he added in. Some others that I thought weren't going to make it on the album, like No More Parties in LA, right. actually made it. Right. So I'm just gonna run through. Just gonna do a little track by track review right. of how many tracks? How many tracks did I have on it? Total. Yeah, it's fine. Also the studio album. Originally it was supposed to be 13 tracks. Right. Well, technically 12 or 13, but now it's 18 tracks total. Okay. Wow. All right. So the album starts off with Ultralight Beam. Hmm. Uh, features Chance Rapper, who we mentioned before. Right. Mary J. Blige and The Dream, who I actually thought was, you know, done with doing R&B and doing R&B hooks. Right. I mean, I heard him last year on um, this Rick Ross mixtape right. that... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Rick Ross, but I just happened to hear him on it, and you know, he was kind of mad on it. But he's here on this album anyway. Right. And getting back to what you were saying about just this amalgamation of just his musical elements and just the stuff that inspired him and whatnot, just the stuff that he's done over the years. Yeah. It's uh, a more gospel-infused track. Right. Yeah, that was a rotted because they say how I remember he was saying it's going to be a gospel album. I remember that that was a thing at one point on Twitter. Right. So. I, I think that was around the time when he brought out that, that song which he dedicated to his, to his daughter. Okay. Well, his first child now. I think yeah. it was like that. So, it starts off with this little girl and she, she's doing like a little impression of a, like an African-American preacher. Right. You know, like, hallelujah! Strike these demons down in the name of Jesus! And that yeah. kind of stuff. And then we get some, some R. Kelly-esque singing yeah. from Kanye. Actually, Kanye doesn't do that much rapping at all. It's just really mostly singing. And you know, he does the autotune stuff. He, right. he loves that shit. Right. 
So, but just the way the cadences are, it really sounds like some old R. Kelly stuff now, you know? Yeah. Uh, at least to me. He's supported by some some great, some beautiful sounding choir mm-hmm. assistants. Yeah. Sounds really good, really holy, really church-like. Yeah. Um, and Kanye himself, well, on this song, sorry, he touches on themes like, you know, faith, salvation, redemption, and hope. Right. So... Kanye is doing his thing and then Mary J. Blige comes in with some really great soulful lyrics right. and then Chance comes through he starts off singing and then he does some really great rapping right. um, there was one part there was one part where he actually references um, you're, you're familiar with the song called Otis right? yeah yeah. yeah with, with um, Kanye West and Jesus. yeah the power right so there was a line where he says Otis right so there was a line where he says I made Jesus walk so I'll never go to hell yeah so Chance kind of flips that now so he says um, I made Sunday Candy I'm never going to hell Met Kanye West, I'm never going to fail. Right. So Sunny Kanye is a is a track that he did on um, uh, this album that he brought out last year called Surf. Yeah. It's a collaboration between him and a trumpeter called Donny Trumpet. Okay. So it's more like this sort of jazzy, breezy, colorful kind of album. It was good, not yeah. great, but still worth checking out if you're a Chance Rapper fan. Right. Um, and then it ends with this uh, this brief speech by Kirk Franklin. I really, oh, really? didn't expect that okay. coming. I was oh, like, wow. okay. Kirk okay. Franklin's on this track, yeah, right? Interesting. They already bring the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I like the, the sort of spacey, kind of minimalistic kind of beat. Right. It really felt like, like just imagine you are in this church by yourself. Mm. Like you were the only one just there sitting on. So you hear, like when you're hearing the vocals, it feels like it's just filling the entire room. That's how it feels. Yes. Yeah, so... You know, great way to start things off. And then we go to Father Stretch My Hands Part 1, right. which features Kid Cudi. Okay. Which, honestly, is an artist I started off following, which is uh, Manny Moon, the first two Manny Moon albums. But then he kind of just got weird and emo and stuff, and I just stopped getting right. the shit, unfortunately. So, yeah, he, fortunately, he does the hook there. He doesn't disappoint. It starts off with another soul slash gospel song sample, and they add some synthesizer keys into the mix. It sounds really good. And once the drums come in, Kid Cuddy does his thing, he does his chorus. And then we get some more singing from Kanye in order to, yay. And then he goes into sort of a kind of half song, half rap style. You know, he started off with, uh, well, you could argue he started off with E2H and Heartbreak, you know, that singing, rapping kind of thing. And he he goes into that whole beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy slash Jesus mode. And I, I say that in terms of just the way how his lyrics are. They're more hedonistic, they're more over the top and in your face. Right. And, you know, it's all about, you know, he, he tries to, like, if he's touching on sex, it really sounds really graphic. But at the same time, you know, he kind of comes off as the asshole, more or less. Right. So <laughs> there was this one tweet with the lyric where he says, um, no, if I fuck this model and if she bleached her asshole and I get bleached on my T-shirt, I'm going to feel like an asshole. Okay. This is how the rapping starts. And I was like... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, he goes on that kind of territory. But right. overall the, the, the song itself is, is good enough. I mean the last song is probably like about two, three minutes long. Right. And that's the next thing about the album. Like some of these tracks are really short, some of them are fairly long, like about four or five minutes long. So after Father Stretch My Hands part one, we go into part two. So all of a sudden after the chorus on part one, it just cuts to this new beat. And it's more upbeat. It's less. Um, it's more. It's it's faster actually than the than the previous track. Right. It's more trap inspired. You hear those those hi hats. You get a really heavy bass line, 
and then we get uh, we 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 get our first taste of a new artist on the scene on the good music um, family called Designer. He's a Brooklyn rapper, latest signee. Yeah. Um, he does a hook, and I would say he sounds a lot like Future. So you know how Future does that kind of auto tune, that sort of half drunk, half asleep kind of singing. Right. So he does that that on the on the hook there. And Kanye once again, well he he matches the beat. He sounds really, you know, the the beat is much more intense. So he tries to match the intensity, and for the most part, it works. And then in Yeezus fashion, once again, when you're really enjoying the beat, it just switches to another beat just like that. And it goes into this sort of smooth kind of soul sample. And it sounds good, but then like about 10 seconds later, you're hearing some kind of robotic singing. But it was kind of weird, no? but what I liked about it though is that they actually went back to what they were touching on with Ultralight Beam, which is more like about, you know, Father, bless me, save me, stretch out your hands, you know, for me, uh, out to me. So at least it kind of went back to what the, the album was starting off with. So that was interesting. Although I still find it was just a bad way to end that, that one particular track. Yeah. Right? So then we go into track four, which is Famous, which features Swiss Beats. When last you heard about Swiss Beats. Mm-hmm. And Rihanna. Long time. <laughs> yeah. So um, Rihanna starts off the track with the, the, the chorus for it. And um, she kind of sings from the perspective of a, of a how, how should I say, like a, a, a past flame. Okay. Just someone that, that, that Kanye was with romantically for a while and then, you know, things didn't work out, so they separated. And Kanye being Kanye, of course, you know, went on to, you know, to pursue his dreams and now he's famous so he could do whatever he want. He could fuck whoever he want to. He could do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Right. And she's just like, well, you know, okay, glad you're famous, but at the same time, I still have feelings for you. I still love you. So, you know, yeah, feelings haven't changed even though we're separated. Right. So, um... Kanye, of course, goes into the sort of hedonistic um, lyrics, of course. And it's kind of like, well, this is just the, the perks of, of being famous now. I could do all these things. But then every once in a while, the chorus comes in. It's kind of like a reminder, well, yeah, I'm seeing you doing these things. But hey, still love you, okay? So cool. Just don't forget that. Swiss Beats doesn't really have much to do on it. He just does ad-libs. She's all like, you know, like, like, God damn, and yeah, and woo, and all that kind of stuff. He yeah. doesn't really give him much to do. Yeah. And it gets really kind of weird for him um, in the, the last minute or so of the of the track, where we get this fantastic sampling of, um, you're familiar with this song, Bam Bam, Sister Nancy, fantastic um, dancehall track. Yeah. What a bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam, you know, and the sample is, like, they, they chop it up and sample it really creatively. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a nice touch on this beat. It's, it's kind of like, well, Kind of bringing in some Caribbean flavor, because, right. um, you know. Well, of course, Rihanna, of course, being from Barbados, so you added that more Look, yeah. Caribbean flavor to it too. And it would, it really added to the beat because the beat itself is really a beat is really, you know, head nodding and stuff is really fun. Interestingly enough, the actual song that 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 um, the actual chorus, sorry, that Rihanna sings, we hear the version of it, the real version of it from Nina Simone. Right. You know, an artist that that Kanye loves. He mm-hmm. sampled her music in um, on Jesus, Blood and Leaves. Yeah. Yeah, and he does that 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 um, that sampling very well on on that song as well too. Mm-hmm. But just a little side note as well on that track, there is this line, this controversial line that more or less said said in the, the internet by Storm again, and it goes like this: <clears throat> For all my Southside niggas that know me best, I feel like me and Taylor, as in Taylor Swift guys, might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently Kim Kardashian was cool with that line, you know? Okay. 
she was cool with it. It's fine. It's like, all right, yeah, my, my husband used to fuck bitches, whatever, but he's with me now, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. But of course, Taylor was pissed by it. Right. So Kanye apparently asked Taylor Swift to post his song on her Twitter account, and she was like, no, she doesn't want to, but she warned him not to release the track because of that particular line right, that she right. felt was misogynistic. And <laughs> Taylor's younger brother actually listened to the track and then posted a video of himself on, on um, social media Throwing away a pair of Yeezys. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> cool. It, you don't like it? Fine. Internet drama, I don't care about. Internet drama. Mm. But it's really funny, though. That line is, 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 is funny, but, you know, um, and of course, for those who don't know, um, Kanye famously came on stage and, you yeah. know, stole the Although, spotlight from yeah, Taylor Swift uh, yeah. way back in 2009, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Although I'll say, Old Diddy Bastard had the best interrupt. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, you know, all the debates. Wu-Tang is for the children. Yeah, yeah. All the debates had the puff, best. Puffy, Puffy yeah. was good, yeah. but Wu-Tang yeah. is the best. Yeah. yeah. Puffy, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, uh, sorry Kanye, but, you know, all the debates had the best interrupt on, on stage of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. All right, so the next track is uh, Feedback. Yeah. And I actually love the, the, the production on this track. Yeah. Um, he uses this four-key arpeggio. Right. Um, some some keyboard keys that he used there. Okay. But it, the way how he distorts it, it sounds literally like audio feedback. Right. Oh, so that's like, Imagine audio feedback and you make a melody right. out of it. it okay, sounds that's, that's awesome. not actually clever. quite clever. Yeah. So Kanye does some kind of, sorry, he does some traditional rapping and, you know, some braggadocious lyrics over it. Right. It sounds like, you know, he sounds hungry. It sounds like, you know, he's, he's starting off with this now. So just imagine like, he was starting off in his career and this was just right. his moment to shine this right. is his, going off this is, this is probably truly time of um, was, he, was he the name of that Jeezy album Diamond what was the name of that Jeezy album right before Blueprint really bad one um, that's kind of Dynasty ca- Rock Club Dynasty. Yeah. yeah you that's, know that was the only one you know, I always thought that was the only one that was disappointed by it no that's a terrible album yeah I mean there were a few yeah. bangers you know yeah. like throw your hands up yeah, do no, it again that I, kind I, of stuff I, I but overall it, it was just but it, it, I think that was like, <sighs> I think that was like so, so some kind of early, earliest material ever yeah, yeah because he produced This Can't Be Life yeah that was his song that, that, that Kanye produced and that helped put him into the spotlight more yeah. or less in terms of rising producers yeah so anyway right so you know Kanye's song is fantastic on this you know, on this track he has some dope lines um, this one I particularly liked I can't let these people play me. Name one genius that ain't crazy. Right. That's a good, that's actually a pretty good line. Yeah. Quite clever. Right. So after that, we get Low Lights, which is actually an interlude. Um, it's just primarily just a speech being given by a woman. It's just her really acknowledging just the fact that, you know, she's glad that God is in her life. Right. And, you know, God is always blessing her and taking care of her and protecting right. her and whatnot. And we get some nice pianos and keyboards all through that. You know, it, it, it's really... Just a nice way, you know, just to, to, to set the mood more or less. Um, and then after that, the next track is Highlights, which features the dream once again, and everyone's favorite rapper that isn't Drake, <laughs> Young Tug. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know Yes, everyone's song. favorite rapper, Young Tug, is on this track. <laughs> and fortunately, and this also is fortunate for me because I'm not the biggest Young Tug fan. Not you know, like, personally, I, I hate his voice. Young Tug. Yeah, but... <laughs> He said he's sending people back. <laughs> yeah, but he does chorus duties here. And okay. the weird thing is that he's autot- he's doing the autotune as right. well too. And Kanye's doing the autotune. Okay. They're more or less singing the same thing on the chorus. Okay. But it's to the point that 
you hear more of Kanye than Young Tug, and then sometimes both of them sound the same. So right. it's like, wait, you no. can't tell. Right. You can't tell. And then okay. when you realize, wait, no, Young Tug actually on this album, he kind of pops in and out. You're, right. you're not really sure. You right. know? But the dream is there, like I said, and he's actually, he actually has more of a presence than Young Tug, and that's right. seen a lot. You know, right. He comes in and he, he comes in a little bit nearing um, the end of the hook and at the very end of the song as well, too. And he sounds decent enough. Okay. It has this really upbeat sort of club sound to it. Right. Yeah, can you imagine this just being played and you know um, being on heavy rotation in clubs and stuff? That was really cool. Um, and they also used the piano and keyboard melodies from Low Lights and just sped it up, sped the tempo a little bit more, so it sounds a little bit more bouncy, a little bit more, you know, faster. Okay. There was this great line that he does. He actually starts off with this can. He starts off with this line. I bet me and Rachel would be friends. Yeah. <laughs> if we didn't love the same bitch. <laughs> yeah, mad. He hit it first. Well, the problem is I'm rich. Right. Okay. That's actually yeah. really damn good link. <laughs> yeah, of course, Ray J being yes. Kim's ex. And well, the famous um, sex team. Yeah. So, yeah, Highlights was great, but like I said, you know, Young Tug is there, but you don't really know he's there because he yeah. just pops in and out. Right. And because he sounds similar to her, how Kanye sounds. So, right. that, was, that was funny. Next track is uh, Freestyle 4, which mm. features Designer. Okay. All right, it starts off with some really chilling cinematic violin strings over a really dark um, trap-inspired instrumental. And the thing is, like, I really enjoy the instrumental in this far more than the lyrics because the lyrics were just really lackluster. Right. It doesn't sound like a freestyle, though. It's just like, you know, Kanye just trying to figure out, you know, what to see over this. So just like him just being really scattershot with the lyrics and stuff, and it just didn't sound good. It's almost as if he didn't know what to say. It was just there. He was just rapping for the sake of rapping. And then we had this unnecessary hook from designer. Why? I mean, even if it is an actual re- uh, freestyle, I doubt it. Yeah. Why do you need a, f- uh, a chorus okay. for? I don't know. But overall, I'm just really glad the track just runs for about two minutes long because it's really forgettable. It's a really weak point on the album. But at least the, the instrumental was pretty great. So next track is I Love Kanye. Yeah. Now this actually sounds like an actual freestyle. I mean, yeah. it runs for forty-five seconds. It's really, and it has no no beat. It. It's just kind of just rhyming off the top. Yeah. It's really clever. It's really witty. Um, I just really him rapping from the perspective of a fan, like a diehard fan. Yeah. He's just talking about well, you know, I prefer the old Kanye. What's yeah. this new Kanye? Yeah. So it starts off with line. Uh, starts off with this line. Uh, I miss the old Kanye. Straight out the go Kanye. Chop up the soul, Kanye. Sit on his goals, Kanye. I hate the new Kanye. The bad mood, Kanye. The always rude, Kanye. Spaz in the news, Kanye. Right. You know? Yeah, but, self-aware. Yeah he's, yeah, he's self-aware. But what I like is that <laughs> in true Kanye fashion, he spins it like, you know, if I was Kanye, I'd rap about Kanye, which he actually does right. on this. Yeah, just, so uh, he's being know. witty with it as well. So like, <sighs> yeah. Gonna, but gonna, I just gl- I, I, He's really, really... Yeah, with all. He's, with yeah, he's with glad all, yeah. that he is who he is. Yeah. But he knows that there's people that what? still wish for the old college dropout. With our he? with our coming review of Deadpool, it's going to be we're gonna talk about meta humor. Yeah, so uh, that, that was that was that's a little example yeah, of meta humor. That was clever. Yeah. Yeah. So now we go into track ten, which is Waves, which I call the last minute song. Yeah. Literally last minute song. That was the song that just held back everything. Because yeah. like I said, Chansey Rapper insisted that it be on the album. Yeah. And did it live up to the hype? Was it like this song that could have been there? I would say yes or no. Right. Um, Production-wise, it was decent. Um, there was this sort of upbeat. It had this really choppy sort of futuristic style beat. Think of it like, I remember um, like on Twitter, Chance described Waves or at least the process of getting the album done to like Tron, the movie. Right. Like, imagine this is the end of Tron. Yeah. And like I was 
thinking about it and I was right, thinking I saw, like this I is saw, like a hip hop version of how the end of Tron like yeah, some no, I, I saw, music I saw, I saw no I saw, that on, I saw the tweet but uh, people making fun of the tweet Right. You know, it's like, oh, you know, Tron. Yes. Like, yeah, because the beat itself has a futuristic, like a Daft right. Punk kind of yeah. sounded. So that works for the most part. And then Chris Brown is there. He does the hook. Okay. You know, um, he, he he does what he does best, you know, yeah. his crooning and all that, and it sounds fine. Yeah. And then we have this this decent, uh, really unexpected dancehall vocal sample to him. Turn it up. Yeah. Like, just hearing it, like, yeah. the first two, um, two minutes of the track. Okay. Uh, so Kanye sings through the whole track, unfortunately. He... <laughs> yeah, he does that altitude singing again. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And then you listen to your friend. Gene. Yeah, and then the thing Gene. is that we get like about a forty-five seconds of just the instrumental playing, and then it ends. And I was just thinking, you know, this would have been a good opportunity for Chance to come in and just rhyme over this thing. Yeah. Right. So overall, the track really felt ridiculously short. It runs for about three minutes, but it sounds so short because it it's just yeah, you know, you're hearing Chris, you're hearing Kanye, and then forty-five seconds of this instrumental, and then it just ends. Right. You know, with all this this hype and this all this build up, you would have think chance would have come in and just deliver, you know, just a verse just to kill the whole thing, you know? Right. And just end it off nicely. But no, he's just I think he does some ad libs, just right. kinda mixed in, so you don't really pick up or you had to listen close to really pick up on it. Okay. But I just felt like, you know, pussy, he could have just been there and just really put in some effort and that would have been it. So moving along we get FML, aka hmm. Fuck My Life. Right. Featuring the so-called bad boy, and I use inverted commas of of R&B now, The Weeknd. Okay. Right. So we get this really dreary, depressing piano supported instrumental. Um, Kanye gets all serious and he gets all reflexive. You know, he's talking about living his life to the limits. He's willing to die for those he loves, like you know, his family, his wife, and his two kids, and having the last laugh over you know bitches who did him wrong in the past and all that kind of stuff. So Weeknd has this eye chorus. I mean, it's not great, but it's eye, you know, where he's talking about not letting the haters get to him even when he fucks up his life. So the chorus goes like, you know, I wish I could go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. Right. Even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Right. Which is interesting as well, too. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm only human. I do shit, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, who are you to... to, 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 to you know, to try and crucify me or ostracize, ostracize me, sorry. I yeah. am who I am. I, right. I will acknowledge my mistakes eventually. Cool. And then the song ends and then we get this sort of weird and really unnecessary auto-tune or outro of sorts. Yeah. So you're hearing Kanye's and Weekend's voices being distorted by, you know, with auto-tune. Yeah. And then we get this percussion assistant beat that sounds like, I don't know, for me it sounded like something out of some kind of weird 60s horror movie or something like that. This sounds really kind of retro, you know? Uh, at least to me with this. I personally didn't really care for that section of the song, and to me, this song overall was just really underwhelming. And now we get to a track that I personally enjoyed, which is Real Friends, right. featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Okay. Um, it came out on January 8th. It, well, originally came out with the snippet of No More Parties in LA, which right. I mentioned before. The instrumental, which I freaking love, is hypnotic, it's moody, is the perfect instrumental to just zoom out to or just nod your head to, you know, when the drums kick in. Um, it really sounds cold, it sounds really deep, it sounds really dark and dismal, but I love it overall. Um, and overall, on, on, on this track, he reflects on just the bad experiences he had, you know, with his family and friends. Yeah. You know, he's glad that he has friends and he has family that still loves him, but he's really focusing on, you know, just the mistakes that, he, that you know, that happened with them before. Um, and just the beat itself... 
and Ty Dulles signs lyrics. I mean, he, he comes in the chorus, he delivers a few verses here and there. Sorry, a few lines here and there. But overall, if you just really don't care less about what they're saying, at least you could just zone out to the beat because the beat right. is fantastic. Okay. Um, there's one particular line <laughs> that was just kind of weird um, where Kanye talks about paying his cousin $250,000 for a laptop that he used to fuck bitches on. What? Yeah, that's what he says. During the end of the story, it's just like that. I'm like, okay. okay. Run, Run. <laughs> and we get some nice female vocals in the end. And yeah, overall, great track, even though with those questionable lyrics. Well, that. Yeah. So track 13 is Wolves. This was uh, another early release of the album. Um, it features Frank I, Ocean. I heard this track, yeah. yeah, who I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, he does, all right, Kanye once again does his autotune chorus. Mm. And he gets some, some decent female vocal support, which pops up during like the rapping section that he does after the, the singing. And the beat itself is really minimalistic. It's really stark. It's really dreary as well, too. And it works in terms of making the, like, the listener focus on his lyrics. Right. Well, everyone's lyrics, more or less, everyone's vocals on this song, and uh, that was great in terms of production. Um, Frank Ocean does the outro. He sounds good on it. And with this song, Kanye more or less mixes the whole hedonistic life with Christian iconography. Right. So there's a, a moment where he talks about um, what if Joseph met Mary at the club. <laughs> you, know, you know, Mary and Joseph, of course, being right. the parents yeah. of Jesus Christ yeah. and all that stuff. And that was technically supposed to be the very end of the album. I think more or less it is the end. All I still find, if that was the official end, is a kind of sucky way to do it. Yeah. A really somber, really depressing way to end it. Um, all I still like the fact that he kind of went back to, you know, touching on God and religion and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But fortunately, we get a few more tracks, which I believe are bonus tracks, if you think about it. So we get Silver Surfer Intermission, another interlude, yeah. which is this um, a phone convo between Kanye and a rapper called Max B. Okay. Yeah, um, friend of his, and he was just talking, talking, just you know, congratulations on the album, Weaves. He called it Weaves at the time. Right. So it's like you know, congratulations, the album coming out. You know, good that you're still putting out music and all that stuff. Why is this interlude on this album, guys? I have no clue, but it's there. So okay. whatever. What, what what am I to say? Okay. So next track, track fifteen, we get Thirty Hours, which was the song that we got the day before the official release yeah. of the album. Yeah. I love the breezy sort of mid-tempo beat. It's really something that you could just ride to. It's something you could just chill and relax to. It's really good. Kanye more or less reflects on his past relationship with his um, with his former girlfriend. I forgot her name, but that was the, the girl that he mentioned on the College Dropout album. Right. So they were dating at the time, and then, you know, things didn't work out. Right. And then, you know, Amber Rose and right. A2 Eats and Heartbreak oh, yeah, and all that kind I, of I, I drama. Forget, I forget Amber Rose. Yeah, all that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. Right. So this was right. one okay, of his first girlfriends. Big, yeah. big little shenanigans went on because Amber Rose made the claim of something to do with some very un, uh, anal play trying to embarrass Candy online. You know? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Actually, I forgot to mention that. Um, right. I don't know who started. I don't know if it was Wiz that no, started. Right. What happened it was Wiz that, that started. Right. What happened is that, that Kanye, no, Kanye was insulting Wiz. No, Wiz said something and then Kanye went off on him and Wiz like wasn't paying attention to his Twitter. So he didn't know what the hell going on and then Wiz just replied to him and said, yeah, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about something else. Right. Um, but, but between all of that was going on and Burroughs replied and insulted um, yeah, and, and and talk about what you used to play with my asshole. And right, like, yeah, and I was like, oh wow. I was like, wow. So, so Kanye ended up coming out, came out like a loss on that whole thing because he just kind of embarrassed himself, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, even Amber and Kim kind of right kind of try to come together. Exactly. They, 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 they posted a picture of themselves on Twitter exactly. just so, to try and right. squash the beef. Right. Yeah. And I was like, but it had no beef because like the man Wiz wasn't even talking about the man. Though. <laughs> like, yeah. So I just, <laughs> it just yeah, Kanye looked like an idiot. Yeah. 
So yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. just a so yeah. in this one he kind of mentions well, two hours. Well, I don't know if because I'm not American, so I don't I don't think it takes that long for someone to go from Chicago to St. Louis. Okay, so that's but he easy. mentioned St. Louis, but okay. I think like on Genius, which you know does a lot of good. Um, the explain a lot about you know behind artist lyrics. Yeah, I believe is um, he's he's talking about his early days uh, when he used to go to Los Angeles, where he was first starting off his pre- uh, his career prior to college dropout. Right, right, and you know his relationship with that girl, which more or less didn't work out. Now right. I don't know if this lyric here, these these lyrics that I'm going to recite here is, are true, but it ends off the second verse and is where he says. Um, I used to Western Union for you like it's no problem. Because you was in college complaining about there's no job. Right. But you were sucking a nigga's dick the whole time. Well, I guess a blowjob is better than no job. Wow. I was like, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Dude. You know? <laughs> this, the, the same girl that you, that you were talking about, you were, you were, you were promised her, her late father on, remember, never, never let you down yeah. from college dropout? Yeah. He's like, I promise I'll take care of her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right, that's the track, I know yeah. in heaven, but I promise yeah. I'm gonna take care of your daughter. Yeah, I said this. Yeah, just come again. Just make it real brutal later. Yeah, yeah. That, but, that's a classic track. Yeah, that was that was that was painful, but yeah. Overall, yeah, but there was a decent track. Like I say, the the instrumental is really nice and breezy. Yeah, and like the second half of it, he does some sort of random flowing trick. You know, he's not really saying much. He's just flowing to the beat. <laughs> and then he even calls this song like the actual bonus track on the album. He he, he does some shout out to Yasin Bey. Yeah. He does some random ad-libs here and there. And I believe Andrew, well, yes, Andrew 2000 of Outcast, mm. when last hear about him, yeah. he actually comes in at the very end. He helps him out with the chorus as well too, you know, the 30 hours chorus. Right. And overall, I just, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, just sort of easy going, just something to just, you know, relax to. Right. Just that line, though. That that line, I know, is going to throw a lot of people off, you know? <laughs> really painful. Right. And then we get to a track that I thought wasn't going to make it on the album, No More Parties in LA, which features Kendrick. Right. Like I said before, when it came on, when the full song came on, the whole net went crazy. It was like Kendrick and Kanye on the same track now. Right. Um, Kendrick sounds fantastic over this beat, which is produced by Madlib. Oh. Legendary underground right. artist, famous for really taking soul samples and just different samples and really making them sound really unique and weird and quirky he does that perfectly and with this it sounds it has this kind of really soulful vibe to it but it sounds really fantastic the hook alone is worth checking out is 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 reason enough to listen to this whole song you know no more parties in la please man no more parties in la it's it's really infectious really catchy okay um kendrick goes all braggadocious and he sounds great as well too but it's really Kanye that steals the whole show because while Kendrick is being all bragging about, you know, him being rich and he could get whatever he wants, Kanye is being personal. So he's just talking about, you know, the ups and downs of just being a celebrity and just the fast life and all that. Right. Uh, flow-wise, he is freaking impressive all through, you know? Even when you think he's kind of faltering, he's, he just maintains that flow. He sounds fantastic. Okay. And this is actually the first time on the album when you hear he mentions the, the name P- Pablo. Right. So he says, I feel like Pablo when I'm working on my shoes. I feel like Pablo when I see me on the news. I feel like Pablo when I'm working on my house. Tell him parties in here. We don't need to go out. Okay. Still don't know who this Pablo is, but right, yeah, okay, whatever. Where the reference point is. And then he ends his song in this There's really hilarious... Some called Paul in Spanish. Yeah, whatever. and then he ends the, the song on this hilarious note where he goes back. He, he mentions his same cousin from 
real friends yeah. where he says and as far as real friends tell all of my cousins I love him even the one who stole the laptop you dirty motherfucker yeah. <laughs> I was like wow okay 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 but overall the song is fantastic it sounded yeah. good when it face first came out sounds great here now definitely one of the standout tracks in this album yeah. and we're almost done guys just a couple more so we get Facts which was okay. the it's a remix the right. Charlie Heat version right. Charlie Heat being a, a, a producer that's re- um, on good music and it's the same song that he brought out um, on, on New Year's Eve. The same track where he's talking about, you know, Yeezy shoes are selling more than Nikes. So he, um, he's using the Jumpman cadence, the yeah. chorus. Jumpman being the, the song that yeah. Future and Drake did on their yeah. collaborative album. Um, you know, with that hook, Jumpman, 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 woo! So he just copies that same flow. Yeah. I know he's saying that, you know, Yeezy's jumping over Jumpman, more or less. Okay. And here he sounds ob- ob- obnoxious as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just bragging, bragging, bragging about Yeezy selling more. And then he also made this controversial statement here that, you know, um, Nike works there, the employees like a slave. Right, and I yeah. remember that Michael Jordan's son was pissed off by that line and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and he just mentions everything from, you know, his, his shoe line to Jimmy Fallon to the fact that yeah. Kim have a new emoji Right, yeah, yeah. And right. it made a million in a day, and yeah. he just, it made a million in a day, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so and he then he mentions about Bill Cosby, and <laughs> you know, he just going right, off, yeah, going off, said, going yeah, off. And all said, other people, he did the, yeah. just hate the fact that he just going off for no reason, yeah, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah he, made a, he made a controversial statement about Bill Cosby in the center, something along those lines. Yeah, he but, was just going off, going off, going off, bragging, you know, I'm better than you, I'm richer than you, all that shit, you know? Right, but usually. overall, like I said, not, not one of my favorite tracks. He's just really way too obnoxious. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, the final track is uh, Fade, which features Post Malone, mm-hmm. which is a new rapper on the scene, Ty Dolla Sign. Okay. And once again, Kanye does his singing. Right. Doesn't okay. do that much rapping. Post Malone and Ty Dolla Sign just assist him. They do like these bragging raps as well too. Fortunately for, for me now, the song doesn't last so long. It's probably like about a three minutes or so. And I didn't really pick up much from it, which is why I can't really say that much. It was just kind of like, just yeah. came and went. Yeah. And that more or less is how the album ends. So, in closing, because I spoke a lot about this album, there's just a lot to say about it. I would say, as a Kanye fan, just being real here, this is one of his weaker albums. I would say it's something, it's an album that I would go back to. It's something that I really need to revisit and really need to pick up on on some things. Just the, maybe the themes and stuff that I missed out. Although I personally felt that, you know, he lost the the, the point of the album from, you know, track four going down yeah. you know if it was just supposed to be about redemption and just him trying to be redeemed and what not yeah, that, that was, was kind of true but I, was, I remember hearing he, people saying how it was going to he saying it was supposed to be our gospel album or yeah. something along those lines so I was yeah. like okay he changed it up eh whatever yeah and I mean I don't blame the guy for going into familiar territory you know right. talking about cars clothes bitches you know bragging on yeah, stuff I mean it's Kanye expect that right. but what I what I kind of expected and what I kind of got here was just this is how he is now you know he's well established he's doing a lot of things now but you know he's still trying to be relevant he's still trying to 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 stay relevant right but you know the past kind of catches up to him he's still trying to be a righteous individual but yeah. at the same time you know he has to deal with this lifestyle of being a rapper and all that and you know all that confliction yeah. all that conflicts and all that stuff you know okay stuff that he touched on you know on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy here but at least with that at least we got a little bit more focus here. It was more like, 
you know, these were just songs I just did. I just did them. I just collaborated with people, and these are just the songs. And here they are. So it felt a little bit more mixtape-like than actual album-like. So overall, I wasn't that blown away by the life of Pablo. I still have no clue what the life of Pablo really means. If anybody could answer that question, you know, please let me know. You know, leave a comment or two. Let me know. Um, but other than that, though, I will say it is one of Kanye's weaker albums. I will. I won't say it's one of his worst, though. It's actually more bearable to sit through than Jesus. Um, I would say, though, it really lacked cohesion. I think that was the main problem. Um, even with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, for better or for worse, had cohesion. They had a team really running through, which was just you know this individual. Kanye tr wrestling with his you know duality you know trying to be this righteous person as opposed to being this hedonistic celebrity and we got a, we got a lot of moments of that more or less on this album here um, but I just figured that you know with the way how the album started in terms of you know God and religion and just trying to be holy and righteous I thought he would have continued on with that through the album or at least try to tie it back to what he said in the beginning but I didn't hate the album, though. I would say that much. It was pretty good in terms of um, list, in terms of just listening to it. There were some songs that I liked. There were a few that I didn't like. I didn't really care for. But overall, it was a fairly decent project from Kanye. Like I said, not his best. Is definitely one of his weaker albums. But I will say it's not one of his worst by a long shot. Um, I do see myself coming back to this album again to try and pick up on certain themes or certain lyrics or certain things that I missed from this first listen because I'm just judging this off of my first listen, guys. So uh, maybe a few more listens might make me appreciate it a little bit more. But for now, it is what it is. It's Kanye West. It's your life for Pablo. Take it or leave it. It's finally out. So, you know, if you are a fan, if you are a true fan, I say check it out. You may or may not like it. It all depends on your tolerance of Kanye. You know, if you're looking for the old Kanye, you're not going to get here. If you could accept and kind of understand the new Kanye, then I guess you'll have more to really appreciate with this one. So for me, I give it a three and a half out of five stars. I would say it is worth listening to. It's out, so check it out. And if you have checked it out, guys, let me know what you think about it. Did you like the album? Did you hate the album? What were your favorite tracks? What were your least favorite tracks? Do you know what the title means? If you do, please let me know because I have no freaking clue. And yeah, that's pretty much about it.
Alright, so this is Ricardo Medina's review of Space Cop. Uh, this is the first feature film by the people at Red Letter Media. Um, if you know them, the most popular, most known for um, yeah, very, very brutal, very, very um, schadenfreudic reviews of the Star Wars films, Star Wars prequels most notably, and the um, next generation Star Trek films. Um, they have a very... Uh, they come from an interesting generation of, of cynical, really biting, sardonic humor. Basically, Space Cup is basically a sci-fi in the same vein of, you know, cheap, you know, approach like how the old canon films are. Those, those films, the 80s, Roger Corman, you know, all of that. These really, really cheap, on cheap movies. And, and it really shows in this film. Um, but it's largely done intentionally. It, again, starring all of the members of the Red Letter Media, um, you know, cast and crew. Uh, Rich Evans, he's knows, uh, most known for his ridiculous laugh, and he's playing uh, the main protagonist, the character of Space Cup. Then you have Jay Bowman, he plays one of the side characters, uh, he's actually quite funny in us. And then you have uh, Mike Stoklaster. Mike Stoklaster is most popularly known as uh, Mr. Plinkett. He does the voice of the character Mr. Plinkett in the Star Wars episode, all the prequel reviews and the Star Trek TNG reviews. Basically, these really biting, kind of borderline nitpicky. And you could say they, they kind of started that whole culture uh, on the internet. They started that process, that paradigm. Not, not so much like Nostalgia Critic, but something in the, in the same vein as Cinema Sins or in the same vein as, you know, Honest Trailers, those people who just do all of these really biting reviews on the internet about movies. Even though they're good movies, they're okay movies. So in the case of the in Space Cup, you have the nature of basically all these like really silly sci-fi tropes. It's a cup in the future. And then he comes back in time and he has to deal with a guy who's frozen for 60 years. So it, it really plays on these tropes. The biting starts on an humor is, you know, it really works. It, it you know, a lot of the jokes on the humor um, mixes, you know, is, is it, it's based on what you, what you think about their style of humor. They, it's very juvenile and, and in many ways quite dated. They make very, very good edgy offense humor. Uh, uh, it's kind of edgy, it depends on how you want to think about it. Um, it's very offensive. They'll make jokes about cancer. Uh, the, the film itself really makes jokes about uh, harming children. Um, and it, it depends on what you think about it. It's a little grating. The editing is quite good. Um, Jay, I think Jay Bowman, he does a lot of the editing. He, you know, he plays one of the characters. The camera work is a little shaky and it had a little... Um, but it is largely done intentionally to be, you know, this kind of real old school kind of canon style film. And it's really one of those films that is for the fans, by the fans kind of thing. I mean, it, it, the Blu-ray sold out, you know, a ton, like almost immediately, like within, you know, 17 hours of release. And they started, you know, re repackaging and remaking a bunch of news, new ones for people. So I, I got one. I got a digital copy. I took it in um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, it, it did the, all the tropes of humor. It made a bunch of jokes on, with respect to gender and like especially Mike Stoklaster's character who is an old school detective. So he speaks a lot of like that, that transatlantic English, like, you know, Humphrey Bogart type, but he constantly makes references to how women can't do this, that, or the other. And then, you know, they make a bunch of like time-based jokes now, which is slightly dated. I would totally recommend this uh, film if you're into this style of humor. It's a little grating at times, and it's again, it's 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 one of those par for the course type things. And the a lot of humor works. And if you if you're a big fan of um, Red Letter Media's main review show, which is Half in the Bag, um, it has that same style of humor. It's stuff like Wheel of the Worst and the, the shows they have on their their site. It's basically in the same vein of that style of humor. You know, just cheap, cheap special effects, um, really, really silly plot with a bunch of like 
um, references. They make references to the 20th century again, um, to things like smoking and things like um, you know you can't smoke in buildings. Or they make a bunch of references to um, a bunch of like jokes. Partners all has a great bit where they make a bunch of jokes about the early 2000s and the late 90s. Uh, and it's it's just that it's just this, this side because it's it's a lot of time travel. Um, it makes references to movies about time travel and how we have to talk about changing zeitgeist in films and changing zeitgeist in pop culture and they do that they do that quite well um, and yeah that's it it's, it's just a, a simple you know really straightforward kind of silly film um, it's the first by Red Letter Media I totally recommend um, this for people who are fans of the franchise um, or fans of, of people who are uh, watch the Red Letter Media their programming um, again I totally recommend the reviews it's very very funny again biting humor um but it, it's it's you could argue whether or not it, it's quite juvenile. It's it really I thought I think it's kind of for like younger teenagers in that that vein, um, and it's just about being incredibly cynical about Hollywood. Um, a lot of their you know bits and and sketch comedies all about you know clickbait and a lot of modern media culture, um, especially when Star Wars was coming around and what they did about that. Um, again, I do recommend their reviews in particular. Uh, like say the review of Man of Steel was like so brutal but so funny at the same time. Um, the review of Boyhood is also quite funny, uh, and yeah, that's the thing. Their, their style, their style of humor is is it's it's again as I say, it's it's a it's a quiet taste. You have to be into that that mood. You have to be somewhat knowledgeable about Hollywood and and that the insides of the industry, and you get that sense from all of them of the, you know the aging fan who's really disappointed in Hollywood. That's the market they cater to. One could argue that their, their fan base is a bit pathological um, because it's mostly, mostly about schadenfreude, about films, and they just like, really hate a lot of films nowadays. Um, but I don't really mind either way. I mean, a lot of people actually do defend uh, the Star Wars prequel films um, um, and thought that many of their arguments were, were pretty like just nitpicky and, and you know, just kind of kind of bad and just bad mean spirited. I kind of on the edge of that because I think if you're gonna do the Schadenfreude kind of humor, you're you better be funny. And I genuinely think those guys are funny. So that's just as my quick run through of uh, Space Cup. It's not much to talk about because it's just all about the jokes and you just have to go and see it um, yourself. It's a lot of really silly humor. Um, again, based on Zeitgeist jokes just general slapstick and you know general mean spiritedness and what you can get away with there's this really funny scene with a baby for me like again stuff like that is, is hilarious to me so that's just my quick run through and review of Space Cop um, straight to DVD film from the people at Red Letter Media Mike J and Rich um, really funny dudes so shout out to them and there's another movie I watched which is the latest on the Coen Brothers uh, Hail Caesar yes Hail Caesar uh, um if I may intervene. Yeah. Hi, guys. Matthew. Hey. Yeah, so this is the latest film from the Cohen brothers, Joel and Eden Cohen. Yeah. Um, they have made a string of, I would say, relatively original films over the, the past few decades. Um, they've always really made it for themselves to make original stuff, even if they borrow from familiar genres, like, say, film noir, um, mystery, you know, stuff like that. So they've made films such as Reason Arizona, yeah. Miller's Crossing, which I really enjoyed. That was a throwback to the old gangster genre. Yeah. Um, Barton Fink, which unfortunately I haven't seen. Oh no, that's um, well. That's the, the sad part is that you probably won't connect to this latest film because you haven't seen Barton Fink. Yeah, um, I know it's, it's about not, old Hollywood and right. all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Um, oh yeah, so I forgot to mention you also started with Blood Simple, a very, very, very impressive debut yeah. film. Yeah. 
the uh, murder mystery, but I love twists, love the turns. Really yeah. keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, Fargo, arguably yeah. the greatest work, yeah. one of the greatest movies of all time, yeah. according to the America Film Institute, yeah. and according to me. Yeah. Um, oh Brother, Where Art Thou, yeah. a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. There was Inside Lewin. Yeah, Inside Lewin, there was no. Uh, yeah. One of my favorites is um, uh, A Serious Man. That like, was the one that was, I was really kind of like unclear about. Yeah. Like I, I understood where they were coming from with this really um, bleak tone. Yeah. I just uh, felt that it just was too much. Okay, so this kind of ended like. How, yeah, no, how I, well, I, it, a lot of people interpret it to do something to do with basically what you call the idea of theodicy and, and why it is that bad things happen to good people and understanding of the world. Okay, I have a lot to do with religion and. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it does, yes, yeah. And just again, and just he's a physicist, so he's a science and religion, and just explaining things. Because the entire the entire story, if you notice, um, it basically he says this line a lot in the movie. Um, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh yeah. So it, it, you could go, you could keep going very deep with that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, um, inside Lewin Davis, this okay. So this film is a okay. So I'll say this film. This is I mean. Um, oh wait, are we talking about Lewin Davis? Or? No, no. Um, okay. The latest Hail ah, Caesar. Hail Caesar. Yeah. Right, Hail Caesar. I think how I see it is, it's a mix between Inside Lewin Davis and Barton Fink. That's how it com- combines in my head. All right. Now, I haven't seen either film, so okay. can you just... You don't so have to run through the plot Fink, of either ba- one. Yeah, Barton Fink... What Barton, is the tone no, of In my opinion, Barton Fink is... Bit, oh, we haven't talked about probably the Big Lebowski. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I apologize, guys. Yeah. Big Lebowski, yeah. probably the most popular... Popular movie. Film, cult, film, cult, cult. classic yeah. in every sense of the word. Right. Anyway. If you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah. No, but... Okay. So, for me... Um, yeah. Inside Louis Davis is about um, a beatnik musician guitarist who mm-hmm. is a pretty shitty person just a okay. really really shitty person he just he's he, mean yeah very mean spirited yeah. very arrogant he, he borrows and, and you know constantly sponges off of, of friends and, and loved ones uh-huh. um, he has a, a an alien I think he has a, a, a child he's um, more or less alienated from he doesn't even know that the child exists he doesn't want to take care of the child he's just a really shitty person and it just gets into this basically this straightforward character study starring Oscar Isaac this came out what two years ago I believe so I know yeah. it's on the, it was added to the Criterion Collection last year and right. because of that I really kind of motivated to yeah. check it out now it's yeah. it's a beautifully shot film um, and yeah, this one all is all that stuff on the trailer and beautiful. this film is beautifully shot same thing with, with Hail Caesar beautifully shot it's basically the idea of it I think what the whole point of this, this film is to get into kind of the universality of Hollywood so another film that was very similar to this uh, that came out l- late last year. This was um, Trumbo. Yeah. Right? Getting into the um, history. Nominated for best actor, yeah. Brian Cranston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Trumbo starring it. Yeah. It's it's yeah starring Brian Cranston. It's getting into the whole history of Hollywood and this thing. This one gets into the, the more the producer side of things. All right. And it's about so it's Josh Brolin. Now, um, one question: Was it set around the same time of Trumbo? Yes, uh, it's well. It's, I don't think I don't I don't think they ever make any direct reference to Dalton Trumbo or anything like that. But it's roughly the same period of the whole communism, that whole stuff. You know, the communism and the, the, and the ho- blacklist, right? The Hollywood yeah. Ten and a lot of the, that's in the ether in this story as well. Okay. And it kind of gets into the Hollywood before. Um, another thing to it, it's balanced like similar to similar films like Black Dahlia or Hollywood Land. Which it gets into that history of Hollywood thing, but yeah. not as dark or pathological. This one, is, the film is kind of funny. Um, kind of funny, right? It has a, again an acquired taste in its humor. Mm-hmm. Again, we get into different styles of humor, and you know what you think should be funny or not. Now, if you're a Conan fan, you might like this a lot. All right. I consider this slightly weaker than Inside Llewyn Davis, and I don't love Inside Llewyn Davis, but it was a, sh- a it had strengths and a lot of things I liked about it, mm-hmm. mostly because of the character work and cinematography. 
And the story itself was neither here nor there, but it wasn't bad. It was right. like, oh, it's just a good character study. It's not about the plot. It's just about look how the shitty person is navigating life. And it's, again, getting to a particular type of personality, which is people who think they're going to be successful. They act as if they're successful, but right. they're not successful at all. Um, that wow. is what I'm not, I'm not thinking that this movie is weird by any stretch of imagination. But no. Is it the way how it's done? Because I know it divided a lot of people. Some people didn't understand the humor. Other people right. expecting this, this non-stop laugh yeah no it was okay so the, the that, trailer so, i'll say the trailer is incredibly misleading yeah that's how i <laughs> that's from what i right yeah. yeah no it's very very misleading i was like oh that's why i went with it and i was like okay um it's the thing is if i talk about it sadly it'll spoil the film and i don't want to spoil the film because the, right. the, the entire strength of what it is it is it's not like a big reveal or anything it's just the direction it goes and what they want to say about modern hollywood and the, i think a big part of it was not so much Hollywood, but the universality of the nature of the business, which is, oh, well, you think Hollywood is so crazy and strange now? Well, it was kind of like that back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it might be like that. In the future. In the future. Yeah. You know, yeah. So roughly 50 years ago, it was like this, but it had, and it was basically the, whole, the only difference in today's world is just how, how much faster everything is. So it's basically um, shenanigans with actors pre-TMZ. Ooh. Long before TMZ, and that's that's what um, Josh Brolin's character is. Josh Brolin's character is like he had to, you know, fix bullshit, you know? yeah. fix people mess. And as a producer, he has to, you know, jump around and do a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of um, address the 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 there's their problems and issues. Um, other characters that came in, people like Scarlett Johansson is quite good in this. She mm-hmm. actually plays a really interesting. That's surprising, role. of course. She's yeah, she, fantastic. she has, yeah, she's quite good in this. Uh, she and she does an interesting. Like well, a lot of people are talking about her accent and how it's, a, it's an accent she never did before. I was I didn't notice what um, type of accent. It was, was it? kind of like a New York Bronx kind of something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never noticed. Um, yeah. Then um, this fellow, uh, gosh, Twenty One Jump Street. I was forgetting. Not Channing. No. Yeah, um, Channing Tatum. No. Right. Channing Tatum. No. Ch- Channing Tatum. The other one. No, Channing Tatum. Oh, Channing Tatum in this. He plays like a Gene Kelly allegory. Um, so he's dancing sailor outfit. Um, right. right, and they do they, they break him. He actually actually doesn't not that important in the film. I'm surprised. Okay, and, and then and, and of and course, let me guess. He, yeah, you know, he starts off like you know he's a guy who sings a lot. Yeah. Or he could act very well. He could do one thing good, but then you know when he's right. something else, he can't can't do it at all. Yeah, they didn't spend that much. They didn't spend that much time on it um, with with his character. Another character uh, was I liked was um, well, of course, star George Clooney. Yeah, he was pretty arbitrary. He has he basically a character who so Josh Brolin's character is just a total boss in the sense of look. You, he tell you jump, you say how high, you know. Mm-hmm. You just barking orders at people, and basically running around. And it's basically this big classic reference and love letter. I won't say love letter, but yeah, a big reference to what old Hollywood was. Yeah, well, a lot of people business. describe the film right, as a love I'll, letter. Right, right. A lot of people, um, right. I can agree with that. I, I, uh, I didn't watch any reviews before seeing it. I mm-hmm. was just, I just went in blind, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, was it as say as, it wasn't it was more it wasn't as blatant as blatant as, as Trombo in terms of the message, right? Um, but it was still solid. I'll give this. Uh, just do a quick rating. Okay, I just rushing through it. And it's not yeah, much because, because the less you review, the right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, those type that's of the problem. So I'll say I'll, what I'd say is that I give it a high cinema's eight. Right? right, you know, if anything, a barely a low movie tongue mm-hmm. on my scale of of IMAX to Capsco. Um, yeah, uh, yeah but, I, uh, but as a Coen Brothers film, it delivers a, right. Like, um, no, okay. So as a, as a Coen Brothers film, yeah, visually it, it delivers. I say it's slightly weaker than it's slightly weaker than um, Inside Louis Davis. And Inside Louis Davis was pretty low on the Coens. For a Coen film, it's quite low, Ooh. right? Um, you All know, right. 
No, I, I thought with you know because it's on the Criterion Collection. Yes, I'm a huge fan of the Criterion yeah. Collection. I thought like we should play it with, like high no, no, steam it's, or it's, something it's, like that. No, it's a brilliant like inside doing the is a brilliant film in that way. But same thing with this one. It, it has it, you could get why Cohen fans would like it. Mm-hmm. You get why they but a lot of people, a lot of fans would like no, they kind of fall out with this one. Not really. I still think they're there. I get what they're trying to do. It is a bit aimless. That's no issue. Okay, is it yes. something that that will? You know, um, we'll get better if you watch it. A yes, it's times, quite it's, it's strong strong possibility of yeah. that. I will make an effort to go see this a second time to give it a proper, like to just see if my opinions stay. Um, yeah. I watched it yesterday, um, well at the time of this recording, right. so you know it still have to process in my head a lot. But um, that's the thing. I'll, I'll just give it that rating in the sense of it's not worth discussing too much about. Um, of course, we forget about where's the other classic one with um, Javier Bardem putting. Holes in people's skulls with a cow punch. Oh yes, yeah. no country no for old men. Another yeah. favorite of mine. Yeah. They won the best picture for that. Yeah, still a great movie. Still a very bleak yeah. movie. Very bleak, but yeah. bleak in a good way. So we want to talk about one, two more things. We'll talk about trailer, latest trailer for Batman v Superman. Yeah. And then we'll get to the first big comic book movie for the year, um, Deadpool. Yeah. And we, of course, we have to talk about Kung Fu Panda 3, right. you know, just yeah. because. Yeah. Right. So, so we could jump into... Um, Batman right, v so Superman. we could jump into Batman yeah. v Superman. Yeah. Right. Um, this trailer is better than the last trailer. Yes. Clearly. Yes. Yeah, well edited. In fact. Music-wise. In fact, the yeah. second trailer, that second trailer should never existed. Period. Although I will say this much, it had no point existed. The music grew on me. The music that they used for the second trailer grew okay, on me. Okay, that, 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 that,
even if I do see the big screen, which I actually did twice um, for when I saw Deadpool and Kung Fu Panda 3 yesterday, yeah. it grew on me. Yeah. I actually liked it, but still the way it was edited, the way how the shows things yeah. that we should not have known. Yeah. yeah but this trailer, okay, so this, tra- this trailer starts off with, with basically Batman doing his Arkham Asylum route. Oh, like yes, just just yes. beating down, just beating <laughs> down a bunch of. Baguette. It look they get Batman moving really good. I, actually, I kind of I kind of regret watching this trailer simply because um, I didn't want to see that action. I wanted to just see that in the, in the movie. Yeah, like um, it, it, at least it shouldn't have shown too much of it. Right, could have been like how like say Batman Begins yeah. trailer was for example yeah. where you saw bits of him moving about. Like you know the first time when he's yeah. taking on the bad guys and yeah. stuff, you see little bits and snippets and stuff. It could have been like that. Yeah. But I think just to cut you off a little bit. What they're still trying to do here with with this trailer here in particular is that they really want sh- to to let people know, yo, we have a great movie here on our mm-hmm. hands, right? We wanted to show you just the best stuff, right? No, but that's worrying that you might come in and still be on the um, the you are not alone trailer, the last last trailer for Man of Steel, oh, yeah, Man of Steel, right? Where mm-hmm. just show a ton of action, um, and then like we saw a lot of that action in the actual film so it kind of spoiled that a little bit yeah so I get a feeling that it'll be, like oh we see a good chunk of action here now but that's that scene with, with Batman taking on those guys yeah it looked awesome where, um, yeah. we see that looked like it was like a quick beginning sequence nothing much mm-hmm. um, I, have, I, I it, do think it is we, I, we I, I, I could just picture that we seen a ton, now, this, this movie really worried me because we've seen a ton of stuff and it's like what are you going to fit in to make this edit work because they have a ton of things in there so we say the fight with Batman Superman we see Superman roughing up Batman a good chunk we see him getting pushed shoved we see a part where, uh, where Superman like grabs Batman and just rushes him through a building in his outfit yeah I like whoa and then we see Superman crash that thing and then they, they cut to this really cool shot where he actually blocks one of Superman's punches that was, that was, that was bad so it's, it's explainable it's explainable how it is he did that uh, some people think it's some kryptonite something not people not sure exactly how it is he could pull that off in his battle suit now um what else we see? We see uh, we see Wonder Woman actually doing yeah, a bit actually more doing stuff something for the first time. Um, we see her like doing this dive, whatever it is. We're yeah. not sure we're gonna what she's gonna do with that. Looks badass as well. Looks too. badass, yeah. yeah. Um, what else we saw? We saw there's the thing they keep showing the shot that uh, not sure what's occurring there. Yeah, but I remember you speculated it was a dream or right. Maybe but some be... people say it might not be a dream. It might be. I mean, we're not sure, but it's it's basically the, the spoiler is that Dark Side is. Being referenced in this yeah, in some um, way, apocalypse, right? The planet apocalypse. Yeah, planet apocalypse. Yeah. We know planet apocalypse have these huge, you know, fiery things yes, coming yes. out of the ground, uh, kind of thing. And it, well, apoc- um, one of big dark sides running plants is that you want to turn Earth similar to it. So we're not yeah. sure if that's a future scenario, what's going on there. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if they're really trying to do like this future reference to like Justice League. Like, this is right. the, the big, the biggest threat here, guys. So we just gotta yeah. show you a little piece. Yeah. We gotta do the, the movies leading up to that. Yeah. Um, like, like what I'm thinking is like, you know, um, like the like Iron Man, for example, the yeah. end of Iron Man, where they were hinting at the Avengers Initiative. Yeah. So no, this is, might be the Avengers Initiative. Yeah, yeah, they have to do. Yeah. No, we knew, we knew yeah. that they were gonna do this stuff. And, and when they may find they said John and Justice, we're like, yeah, we know we're gonna get. My thing is, I'm still on the fence about Jesse Eisenberg. Um, As Lex. my again, my again, my fan theory that I'm hoping for is that that, that Jesse Eisenberg's character dies in this, mm. and it's really Lex Junior, and we get to see the real Lex Luthor. Yeah, that, that's what would be cool, but that's, I, I still yeah. think they might yeah, just couple and just shave his hair yeah, when he goes to jail and then, yeah, yeah, some bullshit he's like Lex Luthor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, good trailer. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic kind of as well too. Yeah. Um, just looking forward to some some good um, TV spots as well too and right. I'm still hoping that this movie yeah, and we have is a month. We have a month at again. least decent. If yeah, we have a month. Great, you know? So, it's it's next month. Um, yeah, next month. Late next month. Late next month. So, there's going to be, I'm going to enjoy it. I expect to enjoy this I hope to. I go in and I go in and really low expectations again as I said um, so yeah 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 
That's that. Um, what else? Now we're going to talk about um, Kung Fu well, Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, two. the latest Kung Fu Sorry, what am I saying? Two. Yeah, three. Sorry. The latest Kung Fu Panda, right, from DreamWorks, um, starring Jack Black, mm-hmm. um, starring Brian Cranston, yeah, starring J.K. Um, Simmons, starring... Um, Angelina Jolie returns, yeah, Jackie Huffman, Chan returns, Jack Jones, Dustin Justin Hoffman returns, returns yes. James Hong, who I'll mention later yeah. on in this review, returns this as well, too. Yeah. Um, this... Okay, so I let's talk about the first Kung Fu Panda and how much of an awesome surprise that was. Yes. I remember Kung Fu Panda... I was, I was, when I saw, saw the trailer for it, I was like, yeah, there's going to be terrible Jack Black doing Kung Fu, and he's a Kung Fu Panda. And they decided to call it Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. It's like the laziest name ever. I was like, wow, this is going to be terrible. And again, at the time, we were like really annoyed at Jack Black. Jack Black was just kind of, again, kind of greeting at that point. Yeah. I mean, in the general popular culture. Well, the thing like, is, um, just, a, just a cut to there. Well, of course, we know him from doing comedies and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he, he struck it big with... School of Rock. Yeah. Which is still a decent movie. I, yeah, I no, still he, he's a person that I, you know, I kind of like some of his stuff he does, Um, you know, we call it um, with Kyle Gass. Um, um, not, uh, not Tenacious D. Tenacious D, yeah. Yeah, he although does. I wasn't, well, then again, I didn't see the whole film. I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of the yeah. movie, The yeah. Pick of Destiny. Yeah, it was, uh, it, yeah, he, it was just again, unnecessary. Again, greeting. Again, he's a guy who get, either love him or hate him. Um, yeah, Um. also... I know a lot of people kind of didn't like the fact that he tried to do a dramatic role, but I actually liked him in King Kong. I liked his, oh, yeah, yeah. I liked I remember, his performance. I, in that, yeah. I find it still um, a lot. He did yeah. a great job of that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first Kung Fu Panda, again, was a big surprise. I was thoroughly impressed by that film. I didn't expect to enjoy that movie so much. Um, it was a total love letter and homage to old Kung Fu films. Yeah, old Kung Fu and Wuxia films, yeah. Yeah, those old Golden Harvest um, you know, yeah, this stuff from like the 60s, yes. um, um, early six, sorry, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, a lot of great, I mean, a lot of great moments in that film. I like one of my favorite moments is when he, the turtle, like, freezes the guy and then, you know, hits him. Oh, yeah, he does all the pressure off. points. Yeah. What, what I really like is when the villain, um, Tai Long, yeah. actually escapes from the prison. Yeah. That prison escape is yeah, so, like, because, even yeah. by animation standards, is yeah. awesome. Very, very well done. Yeah. Um, the, the action, the combat in it was really good. Um, the, yeah. the story work. Um, and it was a lot of it was not so much emotion there was yeah. a lot of hearted you know it's the right. same you know I right. could see the warrior's journey you yeah. know this one person who you think isn't meant to be this big kung fu master in this and case yeah. the dragon warrior yeah. literally believing in himself and doing what he yeah. takes to become that you know right then the second film comes out and and I loved and I two. loved I loved it. Yes. two it was a oh my god really, really I well love Fatu is a sequel again, again because normal standard. No, I will I'll admit I don't remember. I don't remember liking it as much as the first one. Mostly simply because my standards are actually now up. Right. With this film, I just like oh I actually expect a good movie this time, and uh, I liked it. I, I, but it was a in my opinion, it's pong for pong a better film than the first yeah. one. Um, um, the story I, I, was good. Um, they got into the whole backstories of the pandas. They got into like why it is he seems to be the only panda left. Um. They had uh, who it was Gary Oldman was the villain. Yeah, Gary Oldman was the villain. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah, he's really good villain. They did the, the, the voice acting was. And again, much like the first well one, with much like the first one, a couple things that I do, a couple small changes, just to change the story. Like okay, in the first one, what I've done, I would have made the villain related to Tigress. So Tai Long. Would yeah, have I been. actually thought at first, like I they actually watched good. the film over right. again, watched both of them over, and I was wondering, well, okay, um, is Tai Long related to related Tyler. to her? And no, actually, no. Yeah, the actually, no. But I would have made it, and I'd have them have a one-on-one fight. That would have been a big emotional thing. That's yeah. it. That's the only thing I would have changed about the first one. The second one, um, I would have changed. The only thing I would have changed really is just to have a little more fighting in the opening sequence. 
um, with the villain when he took on the, the masters and then he pulled out the cannon. Right. And I've had a long action sequence involved. And I, I've done more with the, with the Kung Fu masters. They okay. didn't really do much of them. Yeah. Um, um, but what I really like though is just that they had a lot more action in it. Yes. And you show more but, of the Furious Five. Yeah. But to me, it was just a better story. I mean, yeah. I just really, really enjoyed what he And did it was with. so... It was, it was fast-paced. It was yeah. clever. The, the dialogue was witty. I loved Gary Oldman's um, yeah, performance as well yeah. too. He was this, this badass peacock. Like, yeah, yeah. Shem. Like you would actually like a peacock. Imagine this: a peacock being probably the best villain in the whole series yeah. thus far, and including what, this one here. Yeah, and what they did here, what they did with, uh, with that is that they did again the great backstory they did with the whole. What they did is when they um, did the memories, they showed it in two D. Yes, and then yes, they cut yes. back to three D, and it's like, oh, that was like, oh, this was really well done and clever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do and have a place for two D, do like you come up with a good reason of why does he have two D? Exactly. So they're just up and doing a 2D film and marketing another 2D film, which why a lot of 2D films fail nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I actually remember, like, like I, anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually remember, like, seeing Kung Fu Panda 2 in yeah. 3D. Anytime, like, um, like, I was just like, oh, gosh, 3D, yeah. you know, that was when 3D was being saturated. But yeah. I totally enjoyed yeah. this experience. And then, like, I saw it again recently before seeing part three. Yeah. And I was reminded why I enjoyed it so much. It was yeah. just a ton of fun, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that, that whole ending sequence with the cannonballs and thing awesome. yeah awesome awesome, awesome awesome really well done um, there was a series as well too yes and I there did, was some I specials it, which I haven't seen any yeah, of I watched a couple episodes of the series it's okay it's not half bad um, does Jack Black is he, he's the only yeah, person yeah, that, that I does I think he's the, the voice there right um, I know everybody else of course is just the quality, actors of course the quality looks like much much worse um, in terms of the animation cheaper yeah, so, oh, yeah I guess and so. I get a feeling so, a bearable yeah no yeah totally tolerable you can totally watch it it's not like it unwatchable or anything like that it didn't reboot so, yeah. Um, now we have three, three, and yeah. this film was a slight disappointment. Not, oh, not a, ma- not a major. But dis- I understand why you would see it. But yeah, not a, not a major disappointment, but just a, a, a slight disappointment. Um, it's not a bad film by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it's easily the weakest of the franchise for me. Um, yes. J.K. Simmons was just okay. Here's the problem. Um, so they brought back, they brought back um, Uguay's character. Turtle. Yeah, and it made him central to the storyline. But I didn't care for his relationship to J.K. Simmons' character. I forget J.K. Simmons. He was like, what, a yak. Yeah, he was a yak, but I forgot. Uh, yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. Um. He and then they did a whole backstory and why he evil and. Uh, yeah, it and, was and why he evil. wants to get rid of Ugwe and why he hates right. him so much. Right. And, all that and stuff. it didn't. It didn't. I because I don't care about Ugwe emotionally in that way. It didn't work for me. Like they, they this, And then another problem I had with, with this one is that okay, so the second film. Sp- Hinted it had a kind of kind of was it a post credit sequence or just a no, final no, it shot? Was, no, no, it's the, the final shot before you see the end the, right, the credits. You, you saw, saw the father, right? You saw the dad and you saw a bunch of pandas. No, I in my head I thinking well the pandas like is a like a whole bunch of badasses, and they kind of hint at that. Uh, we see that in this film. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Because we, we, they, they say how Ugwe was trained by blah 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 and so and so. Mm-hmm, and um, well, they were. They then were, you they, see they trained them actually in in, in the past. Yeah, yeah in Chi. And um, they, they, using they, the, the right. Well, the force. Yeah, <laughs> to be all scientific, but yeah. Chi. Basically, it's Chi. Yeah. And I th- didn't care for that because another problem I hated was Jack Black's character um, Poe is not developed at all in this. He's still a dumbass. And I got really still an- a clumsy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I got, I got, I got really annoyed by that. It's like, why does he still like this? He should be a little wiser, a little smarter. Why is it that you? Yeah. It? 
But I didn't. I still mean, get to I mean, two movies. Well, sorry, two movies in Noah's Noah's Tree. Like yeah. you are the Dragon Warrior. You're right. telling people you are the Dragon Warrior. It's supposed right. to be a little bit more mature yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought they would have done clumsy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't care for that because the development from one to two made perfect sense. What they did with it. Yeah. You know, he, he, a little wise, not that much time passed, but you see him working with the team, like in a really efficient way as mm-hmm. a team. Now. But then when he when they had him like training them, in this one I was like, well, why, why it is that he's still not in, in sync with them? Come on, this yeah. doesn't make any sense. It, it, it almost felt like a big regression for the character. And mm-hmm. It didn't make much sense. I had a problem with that. Um, Again, the whole thing with Ugwe I didn't care for. Brian Cranston as the dad who worked. I thought he was a great voice. And yeah, I, 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 I actually love the voice acting. That he right, did I, I, I yeah. thought they did a good job with that. But again, because the, he had to go and train the pandas and with the pandas was largely civilian. This wrongs, and I was like, well, again, that didn't really work for me. And then they, I think, uh, who does they had as the female Mimi, the panda? Um, Helen, Holly Hunter. No, that was Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, yes, yeah. Kate, right. Totally wasted. Yeah, totally I felt that they should have, like, I was thinking they were going to have a love interest do thing between the two. Yeah, and then you would have kind of ended it off where they, they right. you know, they got married or whatever. Nah, and they nah, had nah, babies yeah, they or anything. And they could have just wrapped the whole trilogy up right there. Yeah, this, but they you, didn't. Yeah, the problem with this, it felt like a really, like, a, a side story. Again, like, all the people who was involved with the original movie, the first two movies didn't seem to care about this one. So, it, like, they didn't de- try to develop the story in any way. I couldn't get into it. Um, again, I didn't hate this film by any stretch of the imagination, but it just did not work for me um not bad but right. just because it, in the context of the punk Kung Fu Panda franchise it doesn't work at all mm. if i jump into it blind i'd probably like it yeah um now be, be, right before you get to rating and stuff uh, yeah. my my perspective on it i do agree with you i i do agree with you with um with with mostly what you said it is underwhelming yeah in Kung Fu Panda sonnets i would say it's it reminds me a lot of part one where right. it was really more about you know the heart of it and not so much right. the spectacle and the action. Yeah. It was more about the heart of you know this journey of this one character that you you grew to like. Yeah. And they try to emulate that with this one here, and you know it really feels like it. But at the same time, I felt that too much time was spent on you know um, Poe trying to reconnect with his family and yeah. you know this group of pandas and stuff. I felt that a lot of time was spent on that instead of you know him being the dragon warrior and stuff. Um, the villain J.K. Simmons. I liked his, his voice acting as well too. Yeah. He was great, you know. Not to, not to be su- not surprising. I liked he had this really cool intro music. Like every time he walked, yeah. he had this sort of spaghetti western esque kind yeah. of music every time he walked through. And what I liked also too is that um, he was passing off like, "Oh, I am this great villain," and da 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 da. And people were like, "Who? Yeah, yeah. Who so are you?" And like, yeah. "Wait, really? You don't know me? Who? Right. Oh, yeah. Come on, you know." That yeah, was, that was clever. I, 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 but that's the thing again. Compared to, to the first villain. Um, was much more, much more, yeah, much more menacing, and he worked. Like, yeah. why? But I, I still think that the, the second one was the best, best villain because yeah. he had more motivation. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. And you're really connected I, with yeah, him. Yeah, this again because this villain just didn't work for me. He again, J.K. Simmons, good, good boy actor. Um, the action of how he was fighting with those those chains and the, the soul thing where he was grabbing the soul and then yeah, he had he had these, these these sort of ember blades. So yeah. when it touches them, it turns them into these kind of jade, what's well, sorry jade or ember? I yes. think it's jade. Jade. Yeah. It turns them into jade, so he's sucking their their soul yeah. power into it. Right, and he, he essentially just control them. Yeah, and, control them. So it's like right, zombies. Yeah, kinda. it was cool, and it was cool what it did with it. Um, but it just eh. yeah. Um, also too, what else? Um, like I like the whole dynamic between father and son. I yeah. I got that. And when they went to the village and they saw everybody else and, you know, he's, well, Poe is trying to, you know, uh, um, trying to get back into, you know, that life, right. that panda life, more or less. Yeah. It's fun and it's cute at times, but I just felt that they spent way too much time yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just the pacing was a little off because, you know, yeah. while he's there in the village, 
the Furious Five trying to stop this guy and yep. you know they get their asses cut and then oh suddenly it's when Tigress shows up and warns Poe that yes this guy is coming for them that's when it starts to get serious you know like I felt that they could have done that a little faster yeah. you know yeah. could have tightened that up a little yeah. bit uh, once again the, the animation is, is, of course, is, yeah. is outstanding art and animation is on, on, yeah. on point um, voice acting was great too yeah. and well me getting to James Hong um, James Hong alright all right. if you're familiar with Blade Runner guys yeah the Asian scientist, the guys, the guy who was creating the replicant eyes, yeah. that's James Hong. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought, like, even from the first one, he probably does the best voice in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. His character is so. I like great. him as like, um. Oh God, was was Wayne's World in Wayne, Wayne? He was in Wayne's World. Yeah, as the uh, it was he not his the girl father. Oh, um, was it James Hong? Um, no, no, that, that was that was that James Hong. Um, I, I can't remember. remember. Yeah. Dude, Wayne's was like so yeah, long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, as, and, but yeah. And just his character, you know, um, the goose that happened to find yeah. Poe and, you know, raised yeah, and him again, and things. All of that stuff, and just, again, all I that love stuff, that character. Yeah, I really again, love but that again, character. Again, because of the nature, the plot and the characterization just came across as really sloppy for me. Um, yeah, um, but you could tell they were just, right. well, I liked how they stayed true to the characters, yeah. especially with the with, with um, the father. Yeah. You know, um, well, sorry, the goose father. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I just say, just the pacing was was off. Yeah, a it lot of moments were spent on the village and not so much on you know. And it felt it felt sadly yeah, because you the know, action really. It, you know, for me, DreamWorks Pong for Pong has been shown itself to be much inferior to to Pixar, um, because you know they just kind of take the easy route. Mm-hmm. Um, or the only films that really stepped up above um, the usual fray was for me. Um, How to Train. Oh, How to Train Dragon. The first one, um, second Shrek. And then the first Kung Fu Panda. And yeah. the second Kung Fu Panda. And so I was in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, you did such a good job with the first two. Um, Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2. Oh, you're going to keep this franchise on point. Yeah. And they didn't do that. It, yeah. felt, it felt like they just fell back into the lazy kind of approach. Yeah. Not really pacing the story very well. Well, well, good thing that you mentioned that too. Because, yeah, I mean, cause I don't know if this is the literal end or if, if this is supposed to be a trilogy no, that more, ends at this one. More likely it'll be a four. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, not as it, bad it, as, no. it's not as bad as Shrek 3. No, no, no. It, it's not. Yeah, because yeah. Shrek 3 was a complete waste of my time. Yeah, but, uh, but with this one, I just felt like, you know, the second one raised the stakes already. Right. Um, with, you know, the story, the intensity, yeah. the action, the emotion and whatnot. You would think with the third one, they would do that, but and no, they kind of just went back, back down. Yeah. They was all cutesy and, yeah. and stuff. And it's cool to see and, you know, kids are there in the cinema with you laughing and having fun. But at the same time, as Kung Fu stuff. Give us yeah. that, that stuff that we, that we got in, 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 in part two, at least, you yeah. know. We didn't, it didn't work. Uh, yeah, for me but, work, but for uh, me, well, getting to ratings now, um, I would actually give it a strong three to like three and a half out of five stars. Yeah. It was, it is worth checking out though if you uh, if you enjoy the the, the series that thus far. I still recommend you check it out. Just don't go in expecting like the great sequel to end this whole trilogy on a high note. You're not gonna get that here. Yeah, I, I give if, this. If you like the whole cutiness and the fun and the laughter yeah. and stuff, you're gonna get. You get some cool action sequences, just not enough though. I just wish that it kind of could have been just like how second one was even though people argue that second, the second one was more action oriented but yeah. still it gave us kung fu stuff which yeah. <laughs> we've kind of come to expect right. now I, so yeah that's my thoughts yeah, I give this I give this a, a CC8 you know that's what it's worth uh, not a movie tongue 2D or 3D CC8 uh, 2D. <laughs> 2D yeah it's a CC it's not it's not worth it's not a worth a movie tongue it's not, actually not, it looked pretty good in 3D though they did some cool effects like right, in the intro look, there was this like the camera kind of zoomed down and you right. saw like all these like the Winnie spirit realm right. thing yeah. yeah that looked really cool yeah and it had interesting ideas but again just not well, really well fleshed out not really well done in that way um, and 
Yeah, give this a CC. That is it. I, it's yeah. just not. It's not a movie town. It's not even a. It definitely not an IMAX. Um, so yeah. that's just a. Yeah, I mean, know. I mean, there's everything you come to expect from the franchise already. Yeah. You get your, your shot dialogue. You know, I hate about it. I, I hate this. Like, but this, just nothing more, really. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, the, the low standards I had with Kung, the first Kung Fu Panda, mm-hmm. that is exactly what I expected with this film. That's what this film was. Yeah. You know, it's that expectation that happened. And that, even that, when they try to go for emotional heft, by the way, yeah, you it don't work. really get. It didn't work. It, they hinted it to try to make yeah. you feel, but it's just like, yeah, not really okay. This guy coming for this village of pandas, and yes, he had to train him how to fight. You know how it's gonna end. Come yeah. on, come it on, work, you know, work. yeah, it don't work for me. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's that, that, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Pretty, yeah, that's it. So, so finally, yeah, we talk about moment it. that you guys have been waiting yeah, for. So we we're have, gonna talk about Lee Deadpool, yes, the, the, the pool of the dead, yeah, the first of. Um, the great big comic book movie, six count them six big you know comic book films this year. Yeah, and um, good thing you mentioned that too. But continue. And this is a really damn good start. My yes, gosh, it is. A it very, is. It is. Very, it is. Very strong start for the year. You're gonna see a lot of reviews like this. You're gonna yeah. hear a lot of good stuff about it, and yeah. it lives up to the hype, guys. Yeah. Oh I, my gosh. From from so the film is more or less from start to end humor. Humor. They pack so much into this. My gosh. Yeah, but. There yes, are I, some moments of seriousness, though, yeah, but you need that in a film yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, a ton of references, a ton of jokes, a ton of meta, um, right? Like that. There's that opening sequence alone. Was yes, so brilliant. the opening that sequence, guys, is probably one of the greatest opening yeah. sequences you'll ever see in a yeah, movie. It's so ver- ever. Yeah, jokes, jokes. Ever. Yeah, no jokes. Up the yin yang. Yeah. Once you once you see that intro, guys, you will understand the full just the show. Yeah. What full approach? Yeah. What they do with it is that they make a very simple comic book movie, um, and then just basically do the mystery science theater three thousand trick. On their own movie, that's yeah, like, as in like them looking at the movie yeah, and, and making t- jokes right, and, and puns they, and stuff. Yeah, and they just make a bunch of references to Ryan Reynolds' career. Um, make a bunch make, of references. They make a reference to X Men, the, the franchise. X Men, the franchise. Yeah. Fox as a, a studio. Um, apparently, Ryan Reynolds' career and his relationship to Hugh Jackman. Yeah, a bunch of jokes with that. Um, they make a bunch of stuff like just just general Fort Worth stuff. Like they do this really brilliant, too, <laughs> a really funny bit where you ask him, "You're gonna see Professor X?" And say, "Which oh, yeah, one?" Oh yeah, so they say which one? McAvoy, Stuart, Stuart or, or McAvoy? McAvoy. Yeah, McAvoy that was fantastic. Really funny bit. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and I expected too. Those jokes just yeah. come unexpectedly. Yeah, I think that, 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 that is a big spoiler because there's no like if you see the trailer, the you have nothing to you see the plot. That's the plot. Yeah, that's the plot. Um, they make a bunch of like, like no. So the thing is, it's more speculation time here of the nature of uh, like that humor that we have with respect to just meta humor, mm-hmm. the reliance on meta humor. We've seen a lot of that in the last few years. Um, you know, the the Lego Movie. Yes. The, um, the Twenty One Jump Street, to a certain extent. Basically, anything with Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. Um, has been that. Um, this film for, for this film really worked because of its R rating. Yeah. Um, does it wouldn't have gotten away with a lot of stuff? This movie would have it kind of it kind of failed, frankly. Right. If it wasn't for the R rating. Right. Speaking about that R rating, um, I just want to get into what made this film work for me was just how they 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 marketed, how they how they approached it. Yeah. Now. I am not speaking from the person who was just like there in the middle of like the studio exec meeting and whatnot. But I could just imagine these guys tell themselves, well, look, we introduced Deadpool before in X-Men Origins. People didn't like the way how we show it. And then also to you're taking an edgy, hardcore character and putting him in this really watered down PG-13 film, even though it is in the X-Men franchise, right? But the thing is, like the question is just... You can just imagine these guys kind of thinking, 
how do we introduce this character? How do we make this thing stand out? Yeah. And I could just imagine these guys just looking back at like the, the Marvel films yeah. before, you know, the Avengers films. I just think to themselves, how are we going to get people? How are we going to get butts to seats now? Yeah. How are we going to do that? So they came up with this really creative tech, um, not the technique, they just came up with this really creative kind of experiment. I just call this whole movie an experiment. Yeah. How do you get guys and girls, and I'm not talking about geek fanboys and yeah. you know all that stuff, just guys and girls, to sit down and watch a superhero movie together. Yeah. So using this, this, this meta character of Deadpool, yeah. They released the film on Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. And I mean, normally actually, you wouldn't see a, a superhero film at that time. And yeah. they just right. did so, everything so to make it year, there. Yeah, so last year they did... Um, so I, And you put this film in... There's the thing. It, it, it transcends... It goes down to like more in the domain of like... Um, even though it's, it's part of the very big comic book franchise, which is Marvel. It kind of goes down in the domain of, say, a kick-ass. Or, or another film like, say, The Kingsman. Which again yeah. is a two very meta films. Exactly, yeah. Two very meta comic book films. You know, you know, Kekas is about the superhero in real life, and any Kingsman is about the Bond guy who's manifesting in real life, and he make a bunch of meta jokes yeah. about Bond movies. Um, um, but, but what I actually liked is that um, this this film wasn't um, like I loved the first Kekas movie. I loved yeah. it. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But the second one was a huge letdown because second. it was just so mean spirited with the humor, and then it didn't know how to blend the serious moments with the humor yeah and then when it was serious it was just so dark and it just yeah. really bogged down everything yeah this one they got this they, like i said they were they are serious moments not too much yeah. but when they're there you feel it and you're because you care about the characters because you could not relate to him but you understand where the characters coming from yeah um you do feel it but it doesn't bog down or weed on the film because you do get Lots of moments of humor and stuff, and it works, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. So this one again is all about the jokes and the humor. As I say, um, do I, you know, it's a, it's a slightly short review because it's again, if you just talk about it, it's just spoiling jokes. Like yeah. it's just it's, um, it's all about the jokes. All right, but but if, if, if um, I could just do like a little no, no, yeah, slight little no, synopsis. We, no, we're yeah. running through. So yeah, um, right. no, we're gonna run through it. But it's right, just right. but it's just what we want to talk about. I know it have your boy from Transporter in it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we uh, uh, I don't mention yeah, it. Yeah, it's starring Gina Garano. Um, yes, Ryan Reynolds, of course. Um, who was the girl who started? Uh, Marina Baccarin. Baccarin, yeah, she yeah. Um, who you may know from, from Firefly, Firefly and Serenity, Serenity, the very attractive yeah. girl in it. Yeah, and she's also in Gotham. Oh, she's yeah, she in plays, Gotham. Um, she was in. Go- she, she played Jim Gordon's um, right. She was, new yeah. love interest. She was in Flash as the voice of Gideon in the first season. Serious? Yeah, that, that was her. Yeah, that was her. She's not. The, she's not the voice of Gideon in um in the new Legends of Tomorrow, but she's okay, a, okay. she was the voice I of Gideon in didn't know in that Flash in, in season one. I'm not thinking about it. It does sound like yeah. Holy just shit. look at look it up on IMDb. Yeah. Right. Um. Who else? Uh. Who else? Um. I forgot the t- guy who t- plays t- Colossus, t- but he's in it. I don't know who's the actor name. No, yeah. it was a, a kind of CG thing, but I forget the voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um. T.J. Miller. Yeah, T.J. Miller. Last yeah. time I saw him was um. Well, there was um right the that Transformers film. I right. still can't remember. Yeah, for, the, the, fourth, the fourth one. Yeah, the fourth one. Um, <laughs> no, like I know him from the show on HBO. Uh, right, Silicon Valley. Okay, he's from Silicon Valley. Yeah, Silicon okay. Valley. Yeah. And then who else they had? Oh, the girl. I forget, I forget who the actress was, who's Negasonic. Teenage yeah, one. I forgot her name. I, I don't she's know. A, the, she's a newbie actually. Yeah. So, but the film was t- a ton of fun. Um, yeah. They had it, so they brought in what the plot is. So, Matthew, just give us a quick run through the plot. All right. <coughs> okay, so Deadpool, um, he was introduced in the, um, 
I forgot the, the issue number, but I believe it was a, a 1991 issue of the New Mutants. Yeah. I actually read it. Don't ask me how, just through the forces of the internet, I actually read it. Uh, really cool. And what I liked is that he was just like a, a henchman. He was a villain in that case. Yeah. He wasn't doing that much shit talking. Yes, um, Deadpool is really famous for his shit talking style of you know yeah. dialogue and stuff. But he was just there in the background. Um, and because of just the popularity of, of, of his character, he started appearing in other, other um, superheroes um, comics, like of most famously like the X-Men, for example. And yes, he brought that same kind of meta humor into it as well. I remember there was one um, cover for for um, I think it was an X Men comic where he's saying, "Hey, you with the comic, I need I need money for a cab ride home, yeah. you know, something like that." So he yeah he kind of and he has his penchant, of course, for like annoying characters. Like he would annoy heroes and villains and whatnot. Cause he doesn't care. He's just in the middle. And in this film, he's presented just like that. He's an anti-hero. He's neither good or bad. His needs, his intentions are uh, basically his own. It's not so much about, you know, saving the world and doing all that justice shit. It's just really about doing stuff for him. But it all works within the character. So moving away from the comic books now and into the movie. So Ryan Reynolds plays Wade Wilson. Yeah. He's a, well, we... He's dubbed the milk with a mouth. Yeah. So he's just which is, his, yeah. Which is what made um, X Men Origins Wolverine so retarded. Because yes, because the character didn't talk. Didn't talk. He didn't see his mouth. It was like some plastic wrappers yeah. over him or some shit. Yeah. But anyway, right. So he just does these really dirty jobs for that. That's how he makes his money. Yeah. He goes. He 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 um. He kind of rough subs guys, and you know he wouldn't be afraid to pull out a gun, you know, just to get the job done. He just does that for for money, and he runs into Marina Baccarin, who plays Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, the she's okay. What's the character? What's the comic book character? Uh, she plays, but I forget. That was a, a comic book character. It's a character, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I thought that was just a character. It's it already slipping my mind right now, but I forget what her name. But she's not invented with the movie. Right? Right. It's a character. Yeah. yeah um, they, they they start this relationship together, and that's what the whole Valentine's Day thing is. But just think of it as a very raunchy, yeah. R-rated version yeah, yeah, yeah. of your classic romance yeah, story. Yeah, they make it work. Yeah, and they make it work. They make it work. Yeah, it, it um. Because she's just too, as 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 raunchy and you know, yeah, and it's, it's this sexualized whole, yeah, as he is. Yeah, they, they made yeah they made that match, and you say, well, he made the point. I'm your crazy match is my crazy. That that whole joke. Yeah. Um, but they made it work in the sense of just the whole up and up each other in terms of who suffered more, which is a running, the running bit. They mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, again, the character, the chemistry, and the, and the work, it's simple. Yeah, yeah, they have great chemistry yeah, together, a, by the way. Yeah, and the movie, I'll admit, the movie, the movie. Yeah, if I want to say, it, does it cheat a little bit in terms of saying, well, all right, we, we're criticizing all these things about comic book movies, but we go on and just do yeah, the same. That, that, that's something. Well, yeah, I'll, 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 get, I'll get to that a, a bit. bit in, a little bit of internal hypocrisy. Yeah, but just, it's not just, a broken, it doesn't break the movie by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. Yeah. Um, all right, but let's that's, that's, that's get back, right? Yeah. So, not to spoil the whole story because, you know, like, like, um, like what we, you know, just basically, the less you know, the better it is. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, he um, he's sick. He suffers from um, lung cancer, I believe. Yeah. yeah. No, it was like yeah, yeah. It was all over. Yeah, it was terminal cancer. Yeah, it basically. was like really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So he's given this number to go by these people to get treatment. He's yeah. not sure what the treatment is, and there he runs into our bad guy, um, Francis. That's his name, played by um, I forgot his name, Ed Screen, whatever his name is. Um, he's the guy oh, yeah. from. Um, my, my, my tenth worst film of last year, yeah. Transporter Fuel. Yeah. And I would say this much, he's actually better of, as a villain. Yeah, but you're still terrible. That, yeah. I would say he doesn't stand out as much. He's just kind of, he's just the, the standard British no, bad guy I, who I, talks I, big. I, again, yeah. sadly, if we, if we mention this anymore, we spoil something. We spoil a joke in the movie. Right. 
Yeah, sad. Yeah, let me just stop there. I know him. Yeah. Spoiler joke in the movie because the movie. That's the thing. As I said, the movie because the movie cheats a little bit. It addresses that, which I kind of don't like. But whatever. Right. So that guy has our hero, our anti-hero, going through some grueling, torturous medical treatment, and then in the end, his um his cells mutate, and then he becomes this not a freak of nature more or less, but yeah. his skin is badly disfigured. Yeah. And because of that, now um, he seeks revenge against him, against Francis and the other people who yeah. more or less messed up his life. Yeah. So he creates, he dons his suit and he becomes, he calls himself Deadpool. They never really explain how he learned how to use swords though. I mean, we, we, we knew from the beginning that he, he's good with guns. Yeah. We never show how he, how he got to use swords. He has two swords. That's yeah. his secondary weapon more or less. Yeah. And in the process, now, well, not to spoil too much, he runs into um, Colossus, yeah. one of the original X-Men, but in the X-Men movies prior, he's just a minor, minor, minor character. Mm-hmm. And he also addresses in the movie as well, too. He's just a guy who just, he, he's a hallway monitor. Yeah. yeah. But they, get, they, get, they finally get Colossus right in the Yes, movie yes, yes. Oh, he, my gosh. Yeah, he, like, even in X2, which I love, li- no, the way how no, he looked in that no, was Brian terrible. Singer, Brian Singer, lazy. Lazy with that character, dude. Holy yeah. crap. It's just some guy who just needs to say, well, we're going to just put silver on him. And it's like, Chad, that's no, not Colossus. Right? No, oh, that's shit. not him. They actually get great looking right. Even yeah. though the, the, the CG didn't look too hot um, in this movie, yeah. it still looked damn good. Like, this is how Colossus is supposed to look. Now. Yeah. And then he has a, 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 a trainee, an X-Man in process. Right. I forgot her name is... Um, Negasonic Negus- Teenage Warhead. Yeah, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. Just this teenage girl with teen angst. <laughs> she, yeah. she plays that teen angst thing yeah, and they do well. It really well yeah. yeah, but you know, when it's ready for her to throw down, she can throw it down. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all basically I'm going to say as, in terms of plot. Now, what I loved about the movie though, yes, the meta humor, it works. Yeah. You know, it's just him breaking the fourth one and just, just reminding people two things. A, yes, this is a comic book movie, and B, yeah, this is what you can expect, and we just kind of poke in front of the fact that yeah. this is the kind of stuff, and this is one thing I really loved, and especially with the timing of this film. Yeah. We are getting how much? Six, Six movies, yeah, you know, and even before that we had, you know, and let, let, me, let me admit it, the superhero genre, yeah, movie no. genre, is starting to get really formulaic uh, now. Yeah, a little saturated, yeah. And now that's why they could just go so incredibly over the top with, yeah. you know, the Batman v Superman, the Suicide yeah. Squad, and all that stuff. Here, it's just like, Yes, we know it's being saturated. This is why. So we're gonna, we, we more, but more or less, and um, I, I think this is where you were saying where this might be a good and bad thing. Where basically it's a standard superhero film, like yeah. you see the origin story and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they did. They did really. Yeah, and the origin story is really gritty. Like for me, that was like the grittiest moment in the whole show. Right. Right. How he becomes Deadpool. Deadpool yeah. though yeah. is really like the grimiest part in the whole film. Yeah. But. In general, it is what you expect from every superhero film. Even right down to the final showdown with a platform that they're fighting on. I'm not going right. to see what platform is, but it, I would say I it, it's reminiscent of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, right. how that ended. Actually, there's a lot of there's a big joke about that because they say I don't know if it's if it's a proof, but it, I think the joke was that it's supposed to be the first helicarrier from the first Avengers that crashed. Right. Somebody say that it was, it was really the crash helicarrier. I can't remember where I heard that. Yeah. Maybe. What else? Performances, especially from Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I will see this. I, you know, yeah. a ton of other people will see this too. But this man was born to play this character. Mm-hmm. I am so glad I put, that he I, yeah. stayed yeah. with his character. Yeah, he put, was so 
faithful. You he really made... wanted to make it work, and he did it. No, they put it, it was on, fantastic. I'll put it on par with. Uh, I'll put no. I'll put it on par with Hugh Jackman and Wolverine, or say Robert Downey Jr. and I am. And I am, and they, yeah, were, like they were made yeah, for that role. Like you can't yeah. imagine anyone else being this at this point. Exactly, you know, Ryan with his, with his, with his, with his humor, this kind yeah. of dry, raw humor as well too. And, okay, and he's and a, thing, he is an asshole, yeah. yes, but he is a likable asshole. Right, and I think what they do, well, they do the another thing they're doing with the whole bit is, well, you know, we we enter in the age of the again the anti-hero. You know the the bad versus evil mm-hmm. aspect of things. Um, this is Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld's character. Rob Liefeld is very infamous for so his artwork, um, his material. Again, is the period in which he he was really popular mm-hmm. as, as the big uh, a big artist in, in the industry at the time in the early nineties. Right. And it's interesting to see this now come to full full service. They make a bunch of references to Rob Liefeld. I think in this movie, I, I couldn't find. Um, it. Yeah, that's the thing. There's there's so much references yeah, and so, so much make, jokes they, that yeah, something just fly by you. Yeah, so they make fast. a bunch. They make a bunch of references to X Men Origin Wolverine. Yeah, they make a bunch I know. of references to Green Lantern. Yes, they make a bunch of references to Ryan Reynolds' career in general. Yeah, um, Hugh Jackman, uh, X Men. They make they make fun poke fun at Fox. Yeah. for being like such failures, so they kind of like poke fun at itself. Mm-hmm. And again. At this point, with this movie, Fox needed a win. You know, they're coming off a of Fantastic Four, Fantastic, um, which was more or less a complete disaster and, yeah. and, and completely embarrassed them. And then um, Ryan Reynolds needed a win. Yeah, yeah. You know, he it was just like a certain mess movies he do in a row, it's such a crap. Yeah. And he finally got this to, to just do so well. And, they, and, and they just made it R rated. That's yeah. the most important one. Give them it as much creative yeah. freedom as possible. Yeah. It didn't hold back, it didn't it it it, it didn't it didn't hold back for nothing. It yes. was what it was. It just yes. gave it to you like like yeah. that. They give it to your role. And that's what you're supposed <laughs> to do. That's what you're supposed to do with the character. You know, you don't yeah. you don't try to take it to take yourself too serious or anything like that. Right. Um, um, there, there was one thing. There was one little in joke. Um, <laughs> I would say it like this. Like like um, there was there was, there's someone I know, and when the last tour no not the not the last tour film um, Captain America Winter Soldier came out. One question he said he stated is that because it's in the Marvel universe, you would think that if Captain America was in trouble or danger, yeah. he could just call on Iron Man or call on Hulk to help yeah. him out. So in this film, just like a little spoiler, there's a moment where Deadpool literally knocks on the door of yeah. the Xavier Institute yeah, and, no and asks, yeah. you know, and you well, have, um, that's one of the best jokes. Yeah, so yeah, well, just spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of the best. So it's like it's like that. It's like Again, another, literally right around the corner. Another, so another fourth wall, another fourth wall kind of breaking yeah. moment. Um, yeah, um, another, uh, well, and then well, the post-credit sequence as well also makes reference to. Uh, another character, um, and again, it's another meta joke. Yes, yes, um, yes. They make fun. They, make, they basically make fun of post-credit sequences. Yeah, yeah. but but that but that post-credit sequence also references um, a very famous, a very still one of the best eighties comedies of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say what it is. You have to see it for yourself. Yeah, um, which also breaks the fourth wall as well. Too. Yeah. That's the only clue I can give you guys. Right. And then character breaks the fourth wall a lot. Once yeah. you once you know that, then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and then they do. A last piece with um, I think I know what it is. Anyway, they do, and then well, to, to, I don't know if it's, this is a spoiler. Anybody familiar with the material? They reference a character, and it's going to be it's you know, the actor who's pining for this character has been pining for the character for a long time. A character, a man by the actor by the name Stephen Lang. And um, I think the last time I saw him was in this shit movie on um, Conan the Barbarian. Right, he was a villain. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Stephen um, Lang. Yeah, but. All right, so like I said before, I love the the, the, the the acting, I love the dialogue, the dialogue, the, the script, yeah. well written. I love yeah. the creativity, I love the attention yeah. that they put into it. Yeah. I love the fun that they have with it as yeah. well too. Um, like I said, there are 
it is it's primarily humorous from start to end, but when they really get to serious moments, yeah. I like the fact that they didn't hold back. Yeah. They showed you the seriousness, they showed you the, the brevity of the situation, and you really felt for it, you know? And it really reminded you that, yes, this is not child's play, this is not yeah. fun, no, they made it, people yeah. can die, yeah, this is real, it. you know? Yeah, they made it, they made it um, really work in terms yeah. of the violence. But it didn't bog down and it's, so you know, really made that's it a little, bad. There's a little projection time. Not, uh-huh. not no ratings yet, just a projection time. Mm-hmm. I am a bit worried for Suicide Squad now. Because yes. this movie, because of the rated R, is like, ah, uh, Suicide Squad need to be rated R. Yeah, but I that's don't think they will. That, they, they, they I, can't. I it's PG-13, but yeah. that's a problem. So I'm a bit worried for Suicide Squad now. Yeah, but I Whatever. mean, we, we, this this movie, if anything, gives... Another piece of celebration is that this movie completely destroyed Zoolander 2. I'm so glad for that. Zoolander 2 was yeah, hot garbage. Yeah. Um, like, how much of this is in the, in the box of it right now? Like, two or something kind of thing? So? What? Well, I know... What, Deadwood? No. Deadpool is number one, duh. Yeah. But what about yeah. Zulana? Like, I don't even know. Do you know? I don't care. Yeah. Um, right. So what else? And then, the, um, yeah, right. go on. Oh, and then what I suspect? Well, mm, this is kind of spoiler, because what I expect, I expect to see Deadpool at the end of Apocalypse. Of That's X-Men what Ap- people are, right. are, are, are anticipating. Why? Because of, again, who the character does mention at the end of this film. Um, he's a character that's very heavily yes, tied to a Yes, 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 yes. When's any more about that? <laughs> no, again, we, in many ways, anybody who's a fan will know exactly who yeah, we're talking exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. Even uh, if you saw the cartoons, then you should know. Right. Right? Um, um, I will say, right, let's, let's get back to what I liked about it, though. The action sequences were very phenomenal. Good. Very good. Well shot, well edited. No shaky cam, none of that bullshit. You saw everything, you got the detail. The only downsides, though, is just the way how they treated some of these side characters, like Colossus. And there was this moment where, um, like... Uh, Wade has this blind woman be like a friend of his. Yeah. I felt that they didn't really spend so much, too much time on right. her, or enough time on, on her, I should say. Yeah. She was just there in the background, just kind of like cursing, yeah. you know, Wade for just doing shit. Yeah. I kind of figured that she was going to be like, you know, stick from the right. Daredevil TV yeah, series. Yeah. Someone who could, you know, yeah, put yeah, up with the guy's shit and kind of yeah. put him in his place, but yeah, she's just there in the background. Yeah, like, they didn't do much of it. Yeah, I'm just, you're just in my house, okay, yeah. you're welcome, whatever. Right. You know? Um, and yeah, the villain didn't really stand out as much. Although I, st- I still stand by by my opinion that that actor yeah. is better, plays better, plays better as a villain, villain yeah. than actual um, hero. Gina Carano was in it; she was good. She was not, not much. Um, yeah, I forget she's hot what, though. I would say. I forget what she 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 was in the sixth Fast and Furious. I know. What was in? I don't know. I forget what her. Oh, what a, what her, her character? Her character is because it's a comic book character. Yeah, I uh, forgot though. Did they mention yeah, the yeah, name, right? Um, okay, was, I really forget. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah, oh, just... Oh, and also too, yeah, the, the CG, like I say, it, it yeah, is fairly you only, good. You only, that... you only notice it. You notice a lot with some of Daredevil's movements and then Colossus in particular. That's it. Daredevil, you mean Deadpool? That, sorry, he has a Daredevil. Deadpool, um, when he, some of his movements, you see him, like when he's jumping around and bouncing yeah. around a bit. And then and Colossus himself. Colossus himself really looked some of the CG was yeah. kinda cheap. But um, it's a very but, cheap. But there's really the, the, the budget, eh? Yeah, the, the budget have, is quite yeah, low. The budget yeah. is, is quite low. Budget is quite low so. This was a huge, huge, huge gamble. Right. You bring out a superhero movie at R-rated. for Valentine's R rated superhero movie at Valentine's. Yeah. And I would say one of the main reasons why it worked is because of the marketing. Yeah. Dude, the people behind this marketing scheme for this film. Nina Academy Award. They yeah. pulled off an excellent job yeah. with this way. Right? Oh did my a, god, just fast and furious. They did a ton of jokes, and again, the meta material, they made a bunch of references. Like, okay, one of the big things that um, comic books always suffer from is that, or big, even big franchises tend to suffer from, is that the toy, toy lines spoil stuff in the movie. 
because they will release something. Oh, like, like say um, a doomsday. Right, or something like <laughs> that. Um, right, Star Wars did it. Um, and in, in Deadpool, they made a joke about, I can't believe you, you spoiled the, the, the hot balloon sequence. I was like, that's not in the movie, but it's a joke about mm-hmm. how you spoil stuff and the Lego, the Lego, the Lego Deadpool does that. There's a okay, bunch okay. of stuff like that. Um, written. I wanted to give this a four and a half. Yeah. As, a, as a matter of fact, he, um, I will give it a strong four to a light four and a half out of five stars. Right. Definitely see this movie in theaters. Do right. not waste, do not stick, do not, do not pass up on this opportunity. You're going to have fun with it. Yeah. Even if you're not a fan of superhero movies, even this, if there's things about superhero movies that you don't like, then you will, you will, this will be right up your alley. You yeah. could pick out, yeah, that's how superheroes and movies are. Yeah, I don't like that. Why are they always doing this? Yeah. You know, they poke fun at all of that. You're going to yeah. have tons of fun with it. And even if you're you're looking for like a serious story, you're gonna get you're gonna yeah. get that serious yeah. origin story. You're gonna get a damn fine superior story as well too. I right. I give this a medium to low IMAX. Mm-hmm. It's actually worth your money. You should go IMAX to see yeah. this. Um, it's still not perfect. It, again, it's yeah, it's because, not because, perfect by because, a long shot because it because it cheats a little bit with its own material. Again, it's like yeah. it's like they're doing their own mystery science theater. Yeah, you know. Co- so, so you're making fun it. of certain cliches, right. but you're doing the cliches too right. because yeah. it's a superhero movie and you right. need the cliche, like uh, the like the final sequence, for example. Yeah, and they made it, but it, the thing is, they made the whole the whole. Um, you know, I could imagine. What would be hilarious is when honest trailers do an episode of something like this because it's like oh wait, my gosh, it's like yeah. wait, they already do the movie already did that. Like honest yeah. trailer might do a bit where you know. Um, they didn't do anything at all. Yeah, can't wait to see how Deadpool should have ended. Though. That, that would be or cool. something that, like that. That would yeah. be fun. Yeah, or something like that. You know, but um, again, because it's, it's it feeds into that culture yeah. of, of you know meta and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I, I will say it is the first in in, in yeah first best movie I've seen for the year. Yeah, a long time. Um, I hope that it stays within that top five category. Maybe yeah. it could be a number one. Who knows? But yeah. um, boy, well, Mar- uh, sorry, not Marvel, but Warner certainly has. Yeah. Uh, had yeah. some catching up to do, but yeah. you know, Marvel uh, sat out strong with this one, so yeah. I don't well, know it's, if it's, I don't really call yeah. it Marvel, I call it Fox. Fox well, Marvel. Fox, Fox yeah. Marvel, yeah, yeah. Um, or no, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I know, but um, the thing is, I am happy with this this movie. I, I'm really happy with what they what they pulled it off in the final product. It had this whole, it had a big thing leading up to it when um they wanted to do. Maybe it had a, a CG thing that was in around Comic Con. Yeah, and Brian Reynolds leaked it online, and it had a whole thing. Yeah, and um, and they they actually repl- um, replicated the, then, the intro yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. well, the um, opening sequence I should say for the film. Well, awesome, X going to give it to you. Awesome. Shoop, yes, yes, and the way how salt. they use the, that song. And then shoot by um, salt. Shoot by salt and pepper. Right. Well done as well too. Another thing, I don't know if this is a fact. I think if I remember correctly, I don't know why they use shoot by salt and pepper, but I keep the, I keep thinking they, they reference. Um, I think that song was what nineteen ninety three, late ninety three. Um, I think oh, it's ninety one oh, oh. or ninety. Is either ninety three or ninety one? No, I think it's, it's early. I think it's late ninety three. Okay. Or early ninety four, and I think that was when Deadpool's official first comic came out at the same at the first time. I oh. think so. I think that is what. That's some good trivia there, buddy. I think so. Yeah. If I you had to look that up, mm-hmm. but uh, don't quote me on that for sure. But I think that is the case. Um, yeah. That is why. So. Um, ca- I, I ca- ca- cutting is more than oh well this is a cool song you know? right I think it has, it has something to do with <laughs> yeah, it has more to do with it. something to do with Rob Liefeld being a fan of Salt and Pepper or something along those lines okay um, right. and then I always forget how good Shoop of a song how good of a song Shoop is yeah it, 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 it is still catchy as yeah. hell though I, I yeah. enjoyed it yeah yeah and it has made it totally work in this film yeah so guys once again if yes. you haven't seen the show if you didn't get a chance to see it for the Valentine's Day weekend like yeah. we did go and see it as yeah. soon as you can yes. see it before the hype dies down yeah. see it before you know, before you, you ask yourself, wait, 
Did, wait, are they still showing Deadpool in, yeah, in theaters? It's, it's very are well. they still? No, go and see it now. Yeah, you know, so next, <laughs> yeah, we've got the next big run as well, Batman v Superman. Yeah, um, see it before Batman v Superman, guys. Yeah. Like real talk. Yeah, it's yeah, it's before Batman. Batman v Superman is the next on the list. I, uh, I still have high hopes for it. Uh, yeah, because of the the, the 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 acting and the yeah. you know the director I behind it. it. I worried about it. I will see. Yeah, whatever. So yeah, that's basically a review of Deadpool. A very very strong start of the year for mm-hmm. me um, and for me too. Yeah, so I'm very glad. I was actually gonna pl- actually plan to go and watch it back. Yeah, soon. yeah. Oh yes, definitely worth yeah. seeing again, guys. Yeah, gonna see definitely it worth seeing again. Just for the humor alone. Yeah, because tr- trust me, there were, there were moments like people were just laughing through some jokes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had to pick up on them, yeah. and then of course the references no, okay, that so I must have picked I, up. I there was a guy who was talking on the phone, and he was next like two three seats away from me on the bottom, and he vo- and his phone was bright, and I was like, bruh. Really? You can't be serious. Yeah, like, like was put the and phone miss, down and, I, was, and, and, so and he was loud. And I was like, all right, so I missed some jokes. Dude. Like I can imagine like, yo, watching Deadpool. No, no, he was like, he was like talking to somebody and giving instructions. I was pissing him off. Anyway. Anyway, forget that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Strong, so, strong start. Um, really strong start for the year. I give it a really, really good store. Um, yeah. Yeah. So right, yeah, really that, that, that's, um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. For our full podcasts of all these things that we've mentioned. Yeah. Next so, time, most likely, it will be was the next big movie. Coming? Um, I well, I'm not gonna watch Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. zombies. I may I watch that. Doubt sure. I will I'd check be, it out. I barely tolerate that. I yeah. might go and see it. Um, Triple Nine oh, looks also, really, really also, decent though. After, looks uh, really uh, uh, gritty and grimy, uh, like movie, Sicario level grimy. Yeah, I wanna see. Um, there's a movie called Hardcore Henry, or Hardcore Harry. Hardcore. That's the original name for it, but I think they call it Hardcore Henry, which is basically a first-person view. Right, I remember you mentioned that before with the, After, with the last I few think I think I'm going to get a screening for that this Tuesday. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, so this, yeah. This episode of Beards with Bailey. All right, that's so it. Ricardo, just to close things off, where can we find you online? Oh, yes, you can find me, Ampersat, R-M-E-D-Y, on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, and that will locate my location. Um, Matthew, where can you right. contact you? You could find me on the Twitter pool if you search for Legally Black MJB, mm-hmm. MJB are in capital letters. Um, on the Facebook pool, just type in Matthew Bailey or you can look for a Legally Black blog official fan page. And if you go on the Google pool, you could type in legallyblack.wordpress.com or whatever search engine or search pool that you frequent. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. And also, to before I forget, guys, I'm just rounding up everything. Um, what did you think about Deadpool? Did you see Deadpool yet? If you haven't seen it, why? If you don't care about Deadpool, why exactly? Um, did you like the film? Did you hate the film? Did you get the jokes? Did you not get the jokes? Um, did you see Hail Caesar? What do you think about that? Did you see Space Cup? What do you <laughs> think about that? I recommend it. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, that, that's one definitely I have to check out as well too. Um, Kung Fu Panda 3, what do you think about it? Do you think it's the weakest of the trilogy? Do you think it's the, the strongest? Do you think it's the end of the trilogy? There's going to be no more Kung Fu Panda movies and we're going to have to see Jack Black play some other animated character that we hate even more? I don't know. And of course, what about Kanye West's album, The Life of Pablo? Do you, do you, because I'm still confused as to the title. I still don't know what that title means. If you know what it means, let me know. Um, what do you think about the album? What did you like the album? Did you hate the album? Yeah. What tracks you like? What tracks you didn't like? Mm-hmm. What do you think about Kanye? Yeah. You think this is it for Kanye? Or are you gonna go into Jesus mode again? I don't know. Right. So you know, comment below. Let me know. And yeah. that's about it. Yes. Peace out. So until next time, guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Whenever you listen to this, this is Machi Bili. This is Ricardo Medina signing off. So take right. care, guys, and later. Yeah.